Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Wet, wet. That's all I'm going to tell you. Wet this morning. Not horrendously wet down here, but enough to make me walk in with an umbrella, which means I'm going to be walking home in brilliant sunshine. Little kiddies go back to school today. Mums and dads everywhere celebrating going, thank goodness for that, we've finally seen the back of them. It'd be nice to get them back into it. They'll all be sitting on the train, chatting away excitedly to their friends. Luckily, I'll be in the quiet carriage, not taking a blind bit of notice. The East European Rent Boy scandal targets Keith Vaz, who fights to save his career. It turns out, actually, I mean, to be honest with you, I've said before, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again today, I couldn't really care less what he gets up to. It's nothing to do with me. If he uh, if he decides to chat to Rent Boys in his £388,000 flat, that's his business. The trouble is, don't start preaching to us about anything because we're ahead of it. And the interesting thing is here that he's now seeking lawyers, which, of course, you would do. Something appears in the papers like this. He's now fighting to save his career. Um, He's not the most popular person I've ever heard of, but I don't know anything about him at all. I just know that he's married... And I think he's got children. That's, a, that's as far as it goes with me. But if he's stupid enough, I mean, if this story is true, and he's stupid enough to Im- invite uh, Rent Boys back, perhaps he was doing research. I don't know. It didn't sound like it, though, did it? It was just very silly of a very arrogant man. And uh, you want to see what some of the columnists have written today. But it's certainly going to run. It's certainly what they call a good runner. Uh, new exhibition celebrating one of Britain's greatest comedians, Tommy Cooper. I've, I've yet to find out where it is because I worked with Tommy Cooper once. And he was he was off his trolley. He was a drinker. He liked drinking a lot. His act came about by accident because he was nervous. And people laughed at his... No- I remember seeing him in... Where was it? Bournemouth at the Winter Gardens. And uh, they go, ladies and gentlemen, it was a big variety show. Tommy Cooper was on the bill with uh, Frankie, Frankie Vaughan. Loads of other... But the Tiller girls were there and everything else. And it started off... With um, with the compare, blah, blah, blah. Ladies and gentlemen, Tommy Cooper. And the curtains rise up and there's nobody on stage. And it, go, it, it and there's nothing happening. And people start tittering. <laughs> and then you hear a voice going, I can't get out. I'm locked in my dressing room. I can't, hello? I can't get out. And of course, the more people laughed, the better it got. And so for about a good five minutes, he never appeared on stage. It was just the voice you know, it could have been pre-recorded. It was fantastic. It was brilliant. And then I worked with him uh, because he lived in Ealing. Well, he did at that time anyway. And his uh, his brother, I think, had a magic and a joke shop in Ealing. And they'd asked me to go along and help out. He was pulling a raffle for the Ealing police. And uh, the evening, uh, the, the evening, the Ealing police used to come into this club I used to work at and have sort of a few sort of late bevvies and just sit down and have a rest, really, get themselves a cup of coffee. And uh, and we did this thing, and he was three. Sh- he couldn't. I can't read the number. What's the number? What's that say? And I said it says thirty six. Is it thirty six? It's at the V and A, is it? Oh, how lovely! I wonder what they've got. I wonder if they've got. They've got uh, one hundred and sixteen boxes of archive material, twenty four props and posters to chart the career of this outwardly shambolic man. He was very tall. Very tall man he was. Very tall. But in fact, he he used to have boxes of rubbish. I mean, some of it, you know, it, it might just be sort of, I don't know, a, a coffee cup, which he would use in his act, so it sort of formed part of it. So there's all this archive material from him. But uh, he died, as you know, on stage at Her Majesty's Theatre when I was watching it. And, I th- and it was odd, because he was on with Donny Osmond, as I've said countless times before. And a friend of mine was the manager, Mark, at the theatre. And strangely enough, Tommy collapsed halfway through the act. They brought on this... 
uh, Chinese robe for him to put on. He puts it on and then he just crumples. And they started laughing because people thought it was part of the act. And it wasn't till they suddenly realised on stage that it had all gone wrong that they pulled him back around the curtain and uh, then the ambulance were called. But he never turned up at the end of the show. And uh, it was the way he would have wanted to go. He wouldn't have wanted to go any other way than on stage. I mean, I've often said, you know, if I go, I'm going on this programme. It's, I, I think for somebody in show business to die doing what you love doing, I think would be, would be the best thing. I think that would be the best. I mean, otherwise, what, what do you do? That's why people hate retiring. If you're in show business, and I know lots of people in show business, they don't want to retire. That's the last thing you want to do once you've been, you know, once you've been in variety and you've entertained people and you've heard the laughter coming back. I mean, it's very interesting. But um, uh, some of the things he's got, this is a head turner we're looking at. That's where you, you put it over his head and they would turn it and his head would come round and then come back round from the other side again. So you could turn the head turner, it was called, and uh, head twister. But it's interesting that they've got loads of stuff uh, down there, uh, most of which is rubbish. I mean, seriously, most of which is rubbish. A lot of magicians who've been doing their same act, they don't buy new stuff. It's only the ones in Vegas where they've got... See, these are, this is a nice little set of cards. These are ESP cards, but they've got his, his fez on there as well. I mean, he, he, was, he was possessed by this comic spirit. It was all... Uh, it got wrong. I can't believe it. And then, of course, just when you thought everything had gone wrong with him, it all turned out right again. So the V&A is the place to go for that. Uh, truly a, a great... Comedian. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about all the people that we've lost. You know, some of the big, big names. You know, the Tommy Coopers and the uh, Morecambe and Wises, the Abbott and Costellos and people like that. Uh, the V&A curator, Simon Sladen, says we don't have a fez. That icon. If anybody's got one, they'd like to donate. I think actually the Magic Circle have probably got one of Tommy Cooper's fezes. I know they've got all sorts of things and it wouldn't surprise me. So they don't have one of his fezes. And of course, the fez was the thing that he would... <laughs> like that. <laughs> like that. And he used to pull his hair out from the side of it. So uh, so I should imagine, a friend of mine who runs the Magic Circle, I know loads of people down at the Magic Circle, as you can imagine, and uh, they would have one of Tommy's fezzes. If I'm trying to remember if there's one in one of the cabinets there. I think there might be. I think there might be. So that's who you would contact, Mr Slade, and you'd contact the Magic Circle. Uh, the church condemns the gay clerics who outed 11 bishops. My God, it's a veritable fairyland in there, isn't it? Unbelievable. Gay clerics outing gay bishops. Good Lord, I mean, where does it end? Where does it... I said yesterday, I couldn't care less. What somebody does in their private lives has got absolutely nothing to do with anybody at all. That's why I'm not really bothered about Keith Vaz. I mean, if he's stupid enough to invite rent boys back to his flat, that's his problem. It just makes him look stupid. It's no good him then turning on the press and going, oh, 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 oh. you know, you've got to fess, fess up to everything. And, uh, you know, I don't know, and we'll probably find out whether or not this has happened before, whether or not it's going to happen again in the future, whether or not he's going to leave his wife, whether he's going to step down as an MP. We don't know. We don't know. Scandals like this can, uh, can rumble. And, uh, and he's, he's not really the most popular person I've ever... In fact, I've, I've seen people describe him. In fact, I'll, I'll read one, one description of him, uh, which comes from a, a very well-known uh, columnist who features on LBC most of the time. That's Quentin Letts. He says Camp Keith was always as fishy as an old sardine. It's just that people don't like him. And I suppose there'll be people rubbing their hands here that he's been caught out. And... Um, it's he's exchanged texts with these escorts. Now, I mean, I don't I couldn't care less, really. I mean, if that's what he chooses to do, that's his business. 
I don't go around checking on, you know, people's private life and going, oh, I wonder who you're, what you're doing behind closed doors. It's got nothing to do with me. I couldn't care less. But uh, when it's an MP and he presents one face to the public and then maybe there's another face, then perhaps we should see it. Perhaps we should see it. Who knows? Will this bring him down? Let's find out, shall we? Uh, the 10pm spike in Louisiana is better than Texas, says Tony. Grilled sprouts in a Tommy Bahamas outlet store. Shirts, $50. Thank you. <laughs> decadent weekend. I love a decadent weekend. Uh, Dawn was telling me about uh, Biffy Clyro, which I hadn't heard of, but the producer had. And of course, I knew Dawn would know all about Biffy Clyro. And she says, I think you probably heard their name, but maybe don't know who sang it. They've been around since 1995. One song you may have heard is Many of Horror When We Collide. Many of horror when we collide. When Matt Cardle won the X Factor, he released that song first as his winner song. And she's seen Biffy Clyro live back in 2010 when they headlined one night at the iTunes Festival at the Roundhouse. I don't, I don't recognise the song. I don't recognise it. We're going to play a bit. By nice. Oh, I don't mind that at all. That's quite acceptable to me. Quite acceptable. Right, I'm a huge fan. I should go out and buy their album. <laughs> Was that their one-hit single? Oh, they've had others. So it's called Many of Horror When We Collide. Oh, I like that. That's passable for me. Does Radio X play that a lot? Oh, do they? Ah. I'll go and check with Rich whether he's... Uh, well, of course he's heard of them, goodness sake. It's only because I don't do that kind of thing. Oh, I like that. That's very passable. If he's, if he's listening to this programme, which sometimes they are prone to doing, I've noticed, around the radio stations, he'd be going, what's he playing that for? What's he doing now? Now he started playing music on his programme. Not content <laughs> with doing all the other things. Well, what's Charles Rowe advising today? Oh, he hasn't, he hasn't advised the weather. He, oh, no, we have got the weather. I do beg your pardon. Charles has sent it to us, which is lovely. Cloudy, dull, light rain, drizzle, especially in the south and west. That's us. And then the brighter spells remaining rather limited. However, it will be feeling warm with light winds. My driver this morning had the heating on in the car. I can't... I said they're stifling. Because every time I sit in a car, I've got the air conditioning on. And I washed it yesterday. And what did it do? Blooming well rain. Blooming well rain. Um, 500 years on... I want to introduce you to a man. I wish I could show you his picture, but I can't, because it's only in the newspapers. He was the ship's carpenter from the Mary Rose, and they've got his skull. I bet he's thrilled. Family be delighted. And uh, from the skull, people can recreate what the face looked like. And because the Mary Rose went down and uh, it was stuck half in the, the mud and the sand, all that bit was preserved. And that's so they've got the ship's dog. They've got the skeleton of the ship. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. They've got everything. They've got bowls, which had food in, which was all preserved. Every, I mean, they've got so much stuff that goes with the Mary Rose. Thousands and thousands. They've got bows and arrows. They've got swords. They've got cannon. How oh, this thing stayed in the water, I've got no idea. The cannon must weigh tonnes each. They're just enormous. Enormous. But it was, it was the most... Awe-inspiring thing I think I've ever seen. One of, well, one of the most inspiring things. So if you're not doing anything this week, go down Portsmouth. Go see the Mary Rose. It's, it's, it's worth paying to go and see it, I promise you, to see a Tudor warship. And they've made it even more accessible for the public now. If it makes it sound like I'm, uh, you know, banging the drum for them, I blooming well am. Because they've uh, they brought it up. It was fantastic. And now you see it. Really, you only see half the ship. But that's enough. All the cannons are there, cabinets 
full of all sorts of things. Clothes that they were wearing, shoes that they were wearing. It's 500 years old. 500 years old. I mean, you should really go see it. If you don't do anything else, it's a nice trip down to Portsmouth. Don't don't go the chavvy bits of Portsmouth, which is most of it. Just go straight to the dockyards. It's much easier. 84850, Gunwharf Keys. Yeah, the shopping centre. That's quite nice, you know, if you like that kind. And there's some nice restaurants down on the front there, and you can you can get on a boat and get away from the chavs, which is quite nice. Just float out to sea and stay there for a few days. Uh, but, uh, no, it's lovely. But go. Go see the Mary Rose. Go on. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You will not be... If you are disappointed, I shall be disappointed. <laughs> Excuse me one minute. I have to go and hunt milk out today. I think I'm going to bring a cow in in future. I'm going to bring a cow in. Uh, Steve, uh, I got up late to the spike. Only to hear a song playing. Almost fell off my seat, says Kelvin. Uh, yes. It was only because I hadn't heard of the uh, the group before... When I mentioned them yesterday, this is, uh, they're called Biffy Clyro. I mean, it, it is the most bizarre name. And so Dawn thought that I knew this song. I didn't, but I liked it, which is unusual for me, because I'm generally quite difficult to please in the music department. I'm currently listening to, to film music in the car, which is great. Uh, Tony says, Steve, you don't want to pass out on your show. The Australian producer had to rush in with the defibrillator thingy and give you mouth to mouth. Oh, no, he'd let me die. Oh, he'd absolutely let me die. There'd be no two ways about that. I'd, I'd be going, oh, oh. He'd be going, can't hear you, can't hear you. I'd be going, oh, oh. He'd be going, I still can't hear you. I'd go, oh, oh. He still wouldn't hear me. <laughs> oh, dear, honestly. Do you think Brexit, says James, will lead to a shortage of East European male prostitutes? I don't know. We'll have to ask around about that one. That's, pr- that's pretty pertinent, isn't it? I'd hate to think that there was a shortage of them. I think there's probably loads of Brazilian prostitutes over here, but he obviously just goes to the Eastern European type. Those were the two that went back anyway. Where did they find them from? And also, were they supplied by a newspaper? This is, uh, this is the bit I can't get my head around, that they go there. I mean, was this on a, on a website? I mean, I'm just I'm fumbling in the dark here to try and find answers. But either way, they end up at his flat where he describes himself as a washing machine salesman. And one of them probably said, but he looked like Keith Vaz. You know, they must have known who he was to take pictures of him unless they were doing it to protect themselves. You know, you go round to somebody's flat if you're, a, if you're a prostitute or a hooker and you've got no idea what you're walking into. You might be going into some nutter's place. There is that danger, is there? Not. Uh, Tommy used to go into a local cafe when he appeared at our forum theatre and count the beans. He'd say five less today, not paying full price. Had the staff and the customers in stitches. He was supposed to have done that apocryphal thing where he gets out of a taxi and he says to the driver, and uh, have a drink on me, mate. So the driver holds his hand out and he gets a tea bag. I don't know if that's an apocryphal story or if it's uh, if it's absolutely fact. I don't know. Uh, 8 or 850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here. I'll try and get everything. I don't like to miss anything out on the programme this morning. A lot of people are talking about that uh, that group, Biffy Clyro. I mean, it is hilarious, isn't it? Uh, Noisy restaurants are driving diners away. Uh, My poor Jojo is a lost soul, says Grandad. You remember who Jojo is, don't you? Jojo Jones. Remember Jojo Jones? This is the 11-year-old boy who's murdered somebody already. His mother's uh, part of ISIS, and they obviously radicalised him, uh, and they've done something to his brain, and so they got, I think it was five children to stand behind people who they were going to execute and the children executed them that's who jojo jones is and uh they also say now they fear that a a british topless model uh is planning to travel to syria and become an isis jihadi bride uh this is somebody called kimberly miners 
Now, I don't know who Kimberly Minus is, but the trouble is, I mean, any old dog now can get a job modelling. She's got bad tattoos everywhere. Uh, she comes from Bradford. She's appeared on social media under an alias, and she's posted images of Muslim women brandishing rifles. Pictures show her fully veiled. We saw one the other day, a fully veiled person with sunglasses on. Mirrored sunglasses. I have to be honest. This looks like a set-up picture to me, actually. A set-up picture. Um, she, but they say she's a former model. Uh, I don't know. Not when, you, when, not when you really don't have any looks. You know, modelling's for attractive people. You know, if, you, if you're not really attractive, just having bleach blonde hair does not make somebody a model if they want to get their boobs out. What did somebody describe Cheryl Cole as the other day? A broomstick with tits. Seriously, I heard a comic describe... I was, I was so taken aback. So taken aback by it, a broomstick with boobs. There you go. That was that was Cheryl. She's kind of disappeared now, hasn't she? Uh, medics uh, find a drug to battle Crohn's, which is good. And Ed Balls look like the complete and utter buffoon on Strictly. I mean, seriously, what is that idiot doing on there? A complete and utter... If he had any credibility before, he doesn't have it anymore. Uh, Frank Bruno, the movie. Really? They, they, they want to do a movie about Frank Bruno. I can't imagine why. Big bloke who can barely string two words together. Comes out of working in a sports shop. Comes up with funny lines like, know what I mean, Harry? And we all go, it's so funny, isn't it? He's so funny. And then they stick him on comic relief. Uh, the people that he fights have generally been dug up from cemeteries or they found them in old people's homes. The only time that poor old soul actually was matched with somebody was knocked out in a matter of seconds. And that was over in Vegas. All the fans go over there. Brew, no, Brew, oh, he's down. Brew, um, up you get, come on, come on, get up. No, he couldn't. Uh, and then, of course, he uh, he's he becomes ill, and then he disappears, and then he gets sectioned, and then the rest of it, and that was it. But I don't know if he made any money. I don't, I don't know if he was one of those boxers that actually made money. But, I mean, would you really want to go and see a film about Frank Bruno? Is he big enough in the scheme of it, I mean, I wouldn't want to go and see a film about any sports person, man or woman. I'm not really that interested in what they did beforehand. I want, you know, we, we, we've had one on Tom Daly. And I'm okay if you like that kind of thing. I'm not, you know, and I'm a fan of Tom Daly, and I'm sort of a fan of Frank Bruno. I just don't think anybody'd go and see the film. Yeah, always one about Jamie Vardy, isn't there as well? Featuring Vinnie Jones. Whatever happened to Vinnie Jones? His career finished, didn't it? Didn't they make... Um, they did do a reality show with Vinnie Jones, didn't they? And it was so boring, it was cancelled. I mean, it was that boring when he had to say to them, would you like me to go to the shops or something? He didn't do anything. His whole life consisted of sitting in front of the television. A bit like Jordan's. If you looked at Jordan's reality show, she didn't do anything. She just sat there on the computer, googling herself to see what people were saying about her, which, of course, was exactly the same as everybody else had been saying about her. And, um, and then she went to get her nails done or her hair extensions. And that was it. There was nothing. It was even more boring than Peter Andre's life, and that was pretty dull. I mean, if you were Peter Andre, you have to go out to... Oh, look, some fans have assembled. Hi, Peter. 47. 2, 42, 42. They all like that kind of thing, don't they? <laughs> 84850, steve uk. So, uh, Keith Vaz, everywhere. Yesterday, one paper. Now the rest have picked up on it, realising that uh, it's like lions in at the kill, isn't it? That's what they're waiting for. And so they've got pictures of him with his wife... Uh, they've got two children, and they say he was shamelessly clinging to power last night. But I think there is an arrogance, is there not, that comes with anybody? That comes with anybody who's been accused of something. In this particular case, unlike the historical sex cases that went on years ago, where there is no evidence, there is no proof of anything, so uh, the CPS have had to sort of cancel cases left, right and centre. In this particular case, the people who went there filmed him 
and kept copies of all the texts that were sent backwards and forwards. So it's it's kind of a, a no-win situation. And that's why the papers have gone big time. And until yesterday, when they realised what was actually going on, uh, we don't know. And uh, it's, it's, it's sort of Keith Vaz writing... Uh, he was covertly filmed. I mean, it sounds to me like a setup. Why would a rent boy go and film? You know, an East European rent boy. Why would they? F- I mean, how much money did he pay? Do we know these things? Is it cash? Is it credit? I mean, what you know? What sort of what sort of deal is actually going on here? That's what that's what interests me, and I don't understand. And also, if it's covertly filmed, which it quite, quite clearly must be, why is the quality so blooming awful? In this day and age, I've got a pixel camera on here. I don't know how many pixels it is. It's perfect. It is, it is crystal clear. You could use it. Years ago, I'm, I think Sky pioneered it. When they went out with their reporters, at one time, if you were the BBC, you went out with the full crew, uh, scriptwriter, everybody else sitting on the page. It'd be like ten people. Sky did it. It was one person, the reporter, and one cameraman doing it on a Sony V8. The quality was so good. Now, you can film reporters on, on phones. And the quality is perfect. It's HD quality. So why is it that when you've got a picture of uh, Keith Vaz with one of these East European escorts, I mean, I don't, I don't like the word escort. I thought escort means you escort somebody out for dinner. They didn't appear to do anything apart from just sit in there, but they've got pictures of him. We know it's him. You, you can see it's him, but I'm just wondering why it's not so good. Was this sort of a secret button with a camera in it? or Because they, they quite clearly kind of been sitting there with their phone, but he obviously doesn't know he's being filmed. I mean... I would love to know at what moment the paper phoned him yesterday or the day before and said, listen, we've got this story of two rent boys uh, filmed at your flat. And he then said, I need to speak to my lawyer to find out what, what the situation is without knowing exactly what they'd got. And in fact, it isn't until you read today, you realise what they got was quite a lot. They actually got somebody who was talking quite openly about poppers and uh, drugs. There was no suggestion that he was ever going to take drugs. But as I say, there are loads of people who I couldn't care less. I mean, I, I seriously couldn't be less interested in what somebody who I never had much uh, much admiration for in the first place gets up to in their private life. I kind of feel if you're that dumb and that stupid, am I Mr. Break? <gasps> That's about the latest. Oh, I'm quite, quite proud of myself on that one. That's the longest I've been without taking a break. I'll be drummed out of the brownies, you know. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome along to the uh, the programme. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, with you till seven, incidentally. With you till seven. I was trying to find something earlier on, actually, because it, it sort of came up, apart from uh, the M20 closure to remove the collapsed bridge to end ahead of schedule. Whoopie-doo. Although, actually, there's all sorts of things going on. Down in the Strand, they're messing about there. Why can't they just get on with it? Any other country, they just get on with it. It's finished as quick as possible. Our lot just sit there smoking, talking into their mobile phones. Uh, this coming, no, no, next Saturday, isn't it? The 17th of uh, September. It's, um, it's Redhead Day. There you go. You can celebrate. The producer will be out there. Uh, well, he's out there anyway on a Saturday. And the mission is simple. To celebrate uh, red hair, freckles and everything that makes ginger different. It's a ginger-tastic all-day event. And the tickets are sold out. So if you're a ginger, you can't get a ticket. You're going to be all alone. Like usual, which is a shame, really. And so they're, be- they're going to be looking at um, photography, uh, the beauty of redheads, and uh, also genetic thing. Uh, Gingerella, fighting for justice and spreading ginger joy. And they've got fiery delights. Lovely. Tracing back 50,000 years. Wow, the history of red hair. 
the history of red hair. They call it strawberry blonde, don't they? I think it's mainly called strawberry blonde. And you could buy hats down there with ginge and all sorts of like. You seriously want to walk around with a hat with ginge on it? But uh, hot for ginger is the world's biggest and best social network. It's a dating site for redheads. It's in its sixth year. They've got a seventy thousand active redheads and ginger lovers and hosts a vibrant community of ginger files on its website. Hot for ginger. That sounds good, doesn't it? If you're hot for ginger. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we could possibly push push the newsreader in that direction. I wonder if he knows that that's available. He's sort of strawberry blonde, isn't he, really? Would Charles be described as... Yes, I think Charles is sort of fairly strawberry blonde. But uh, we could head him in that direction. So it's... it's so it, oh, is he upset? He's not happy. Oh. I thought he was strawberry blonde. I like strawberry blonde. It's a nice, nice colour, isn't it, really? I used to think I was sort of... I remember a friend of mine who was ginger, and I said, oh, I said, so you're ginger, I'm strawberry blonde. You can't win, can you? Even with people that you know to be ginger and red-headed, you know, they just will not accept it. But this, this thing, all the tickets have gone already, proving that we are the brand leaders. We tell you about these things. They're going to be big, and ginger is going to be big. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I've definitely decided my figures, my figures, my, my figures are brilliant. My fingers are bigger than most other people's, yet they look quite small to me because I just have an inability to type on the thing really quickly. Some people are really fast. They're not, they're just small, aren't they? And yet I can't type. I've got dyslexic fingers, ladies and gentlemen. I've got somebody else's blooming fingers. They're giving me the wrong ones. They don't go in with the body. You, you type something in there and it goes, oh, the password is incorrect. You think, no, it isn't. And you think, oh, it's because I've designed it. Uh, I've, I've, I've just, I can't do it. I watch people on the, on the bus and the train, like that. And you think, oh, dear. Hello, Steve, it says. Shop by department, your lists. I'm assuming my lists will be where, where's my stuff gone to. That's what I like to know, actually. When it sort of says, oh, no, go back. I don't want that, do I? Back to mail. It's so annoying. I'm trying to trace things. Don't worry. Your package is out for delivery today. And then they come back and go, oh, we, we couldn't gain access. Liars. Of course you can. It's a 24-hour building here. Running radio stations. Not Pinky and Perky's day out, for goodness sake. And they say it's, uh, it's out for delivery. That was yesterday. And then you can sort of track it. And I bet you anything, it doesn't seem to have uh, arrived. And it was something I was really looking for, which is a shame. Oh, go away, stupid thing. Honestly, sometimes I get so angry with typing things in. Anyway, uh, what else are we talking about this morning in the papers? Um, apart from Frank Bruno, the movie. Not too sure about that one. Uh, the skint hero living in a hut. It's Sheddy the Eagle Edwards. Came in, talked to us a short while ago. And uh, lovely man. And it's the divorce which has cost him dear. And I would have thought he would have made some money out of the film, but obviously not. Uh, also, the price of sexism. I heard people talking about this the other day. In fact, Andrew Pierce was talking about it on breakfast. He was sitting in for Andrew Castle on Saturday. And he was saying identical items at the till for women, they're more expensive than they are for men. Same, th- same item, does exactly the same job. Exactly the same job, which is interesting. Uh, also, the Ripper in a £3 million rip-off. This is the Yorkshire Ripper, who we couldn't care less whether he drops dead today of a heart attack or anything else happens to him. But uh, he, uh, he apparently was well enough 11 years ago. That's, but he's, he's managed to spin it out uh, since then, which is not so good, is it? Not so good. This is the girl in the paper today. She's in The Sun, and uh, this is the one who was... Uh, they say she's a, an X-Factor wannabe. She touts herself online as offering cruel corporate punishment, and, um, and she says no. She lives in Los Angeles. What's she doing on, our, what's she doing on the X-Factor? 
Was she on our British... Yes, she was on our British X Factor. What's the point of that? Have they run out of people already? Good God in heaven. Anyway, she's, uh, she lives in Los Angeles. So they've... What have they, have, they have, have they flown her... This is turning into a big fiddle, isn't it? Have they flown her over here to appear in this programme, knowing that she, or they're claiming, she's a dominatrix? I mean, it's, she says it was just an acting job. Is it because you've been caught out, dear? Is it because you think you're in America, we don't have devious press? I mean, good God, you've got devious press in America... But we've actually got, uh, we've got far more devious press. Far more devious press. I'm just looking at the other Keith um, Vaz stuff. Long links to, uh, to Greville Janner. Also, when he welcomed the arrivals, a Romanian, at Luton Airport. Wasn't there something to do with that? Wasn't it somebody was here already? He was just coming back in again. It was all a bit of a cheap publicity stunt. It was a day that, that's right, they were allowing people to come in. And he went there to sort of welcome people in. It's all backfiring, isn't it, really? Jeremy Clarkson went for a quiet break, ended up in the middle of EastEnders star Danny Dyer's boozy wedding bash. Good Lord, Danny Dyer and booze? Surely not. Surely not. Anyway, the former Top Gear host was stunned when hundreds of guests descended for Danny's wedding to childhood sweetheart Joe Mass. Uh, Eve said congratulations, then he disappeared, which is great. They were at, um, I don't know, lots of uh, EastEnders colleagues... So there was there the Mitchell brothers, Ross Kemp, Steve McFadden, Kelly Bright, and uh, loads of other people, which is good, actually. So he had his children there, and everybody was very happy. I don't know if they've sold it to a, a magazine. I should imagine they probably have. That's what people do nowadays, isn't it? Uh, here's a picture of, um, of the Bishop of Doubt, who, uh, who cast Doubt at 91. Uh, this is the former Bishop of Durham, the Right Reverend Dr David Jenkins. He doubted God would have arranged the virgin birth and the resurrection. So there you go. So there you go. And the granddad of the jihadi boy Jojo Jones, filmed in ISIS execution, says he's a lost soul and won't be back. Good. Good. I'm sorry, I mean, I, I, I blame parents and family on people like this. You know, here, here's, here's a, a child who quite clearly has been persuaded to murder somebody at 11 years old. A lost soul? I don't think so. I don't think there's anything lost about it. Uh, the model who posed in the sun, quizzed by the British spies, over fear she could become a jihadi bride. I'm sure they'll absolutely welcome her with open arms. What is it with these stupid people? What is it with people who are brain-dead and thick? And in this particular case, she's ugly too. I mean, you've never seen such bad hair in your entire life. I mean, you really are a... Oh, dear God, honestly. Minus of, uh, she's condemned ISIS beheadings and denied she wanted to marry a fighter, insisting she wanted to do charity work. God, honestly, you kind of give up, don't you, really? You open up the papers every day, and there's always something in there that you absolutely hate. The Yorkshire Ripper Peter Sutcliffe uh, was fit to go back to jail 11 years ago. One medic declared him fit in 2005 and another a few years later, yet more than three million quid was wasted on his cushy life in Broadmoor. The psychiatric hospital costs 325,000 a year against 45 grand in prison. That's how much it costs to keep him in prison, 45 grand. Can we just throw him in a pit and just throw food in there and leave him? The serial killer, he's 70, can't be much longer, can he? Finally moved to Durham's Franklin Jail last month after a tribunal says his paranoid schizophrenia was cured. Don't think he ever had it in the first place, actually. Uh, Neil Jackson, whose mum, Emily, was one of his murder victims, says it's unbelievable. He was enjoying Easy Street in... Bro oh, he really was. Oh, God. Family visits, uh, shopping in a supermarket inside Broadmoor, television, free to wander the corridors, do whatever he wanted. Oh, there was nothing he didn't have. Oh, no, no, no. Now he's looking over his shoulder because somebody's going to attempt to kill him. Somebody's going to attempt to kill him. And that'll, you know, somebody will go down in history, I should imagine. Uh, will Prince Harry be going to the Red Hair event, says Phil? Well, the tickets are sold out. 
I mean, he probably wanted a ticket, but he probably couldn't get one. Mark says, perhaps we could nominate Prince Harry as the patron saint of gingers. Is he really, is he really ginger or would he call himself, what would he call it? He'd probably call himself strawberry blonde, I would think. I, I would think so. I don't, uh, I don't think he'd call himself ginger. I mean, the producer calls himself, what do you call yourself? What colour do you think it is? Light brown. You see I mean? It's a thin line, isn't it? You know, you, you get somebody to sort of colour in light brown and then do strawberry blonde. And I guarantee you, I'm going to tell the difference. And if, you, if somebody's strawberry blonde, then that's sort of... It's not ginger, it's strawberry blonde. It's, that's quite a nice, quite a nice colouring, isn't it, really? Uh, I could never do Scrabble. I was never remotely interested in Scrabble. But we are the world beaters. And here is the man here. He's a, a recruitment consultant. His name is Brett Smitherum. And he became the 2016 World Scrabble champion. And he says, I've got no idea what the words are. He just puts them together in letters and he doesn't know what any of them mean. So words on the winning boards. Helve. H-E-L-V-E. Helve. No. Me. M. One. M-M-I. Jun. J-U-N. Do you know what any of these things are? No, I didn't know any of them either. Uh, Far. F-A-A. A Scottish word for the fall. I mean, how would you know these things? Perhaps he just made them up. Uh, sundry, an East Indian tree. The other ones I told you, Helve is handle of an axe or similar implement. Me is the third tone of a diatonic musical scale. Jun is a monetary unit of North Korea. But nobody really cares about that, do they? It's North Korea. You're not going to be going there anytime soon, I shouldn't imagine. Or if you do, don't call the little fat one with a silly haircut fat with a silly haircut because otherwise you find yourself you know in a, in a very yeah and don't don't slouch if you slouch there they'll have you seriously but anyway you wouldn't be going to north korea anyway it's a ghastly place full of a lot of ugly people a lot of ugly poor people who don't actually have anything because the little short fat one takes everything uh what is oh why have i lost that one i've lost that again honestly i always lose these things sometimes you sign in and then i happen to sort of move my little bit of paper across and it all goes a bit pear-shaped a bit pear-shaped um Another one here. A lot of people talking about sports movies and saying how much we think, actually, that uh, that the Frank Bruno film might do quite well. I don't think it will. Not at the cinema. It might be for a television movie, I would think. I mean, a television movie, I think that could uh, that could go fine. Uh, another one here. Pete says the English used to call the Irish in the west of Ireland degenerates because of their tendency to be ginger. Times have changed. Ginger is back in fashion. Oh, it's never gone out of fashion. Seriously, never gone out of fashion. It's always been in fashion. It's always been, you know, the uh, the best the best way to be if you're ginger. I mean, at one time, people used to sort of point and laugh, didn't they, I think? Uh, 84850, 84850, uk. Uh, another one here. Honestly, you do get some stupid people, don't you? You really get some stupid people. And... Uh, <laughs> it's very, very funny, actually. Somebody says, Darren Adam came out as gay tonight on LBC. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. How, honestly, you do get some really seriously ill people, don't you? Seriously ill people. It's so funny, honestly. Really, really funny. Not not well at all in the well department. I do love people like that. Because they're so sad. They're so sad. Darren came out as gay. I don't think so. Not tonight. Maybe about 1,500 years ago, maybe, but certainly not tonight. That's why we all laugh at you, Nick. We laugh at you because you're a saddo. It's not your fault. And, yes, and the producer's met his partner. <gasps> no! Oh, my goodness, Nicholas! That makes you and Darren exactly the same, doesn't it? 
Makes you exactly the same. There you go. How cool is that? Uh, the flood of visitors to Mallorca. Do you know the holidaymakers are now shunning Turkey and Tunisia over the risk of, a, of an ISIS attack? And so they're going to uh, Mallorca. 67 million head to Spain, a country of only 47 million. And furious locals say the influx is destroying Parma. And uh, they say it's as bad as terrorism. Well, I can imagine that. But, I mean, are people going to Turkey? Of course they are. Just not as many are going to Turkey. We'll see hotels closing. And uh, people are not going to Tunisia. They say the old town is now like a theme park. It's going to go like Malaga, isn't it? Where they sort of welcome all the Brits in. And then after a while, after they've made oodles of money, they then go, well, we don't want this. I would have thought, actually, Mallorca would be delighted that people are going there. I thought it was burnt out as a holiday resort ages and ages ago. I want to go to anywhere where it was so crowded you can't find anywhere to sit on the beach. I mean, it really is. It's peasant time, isn't it? I mean, I'm looking at the picture here of an overcrowded beach, you know, not an inch to spare. And you think to yourself, why would you want to go there? Why would you want to go there? You know, go, you know, go somewhere better. Go, for, go somewhere in this country. Go somewhere in this country. It's much nicer. Much nicer. You don't want to go to Spain. They do paella. It's not very exciting, is it? You don't want to go and eat paella. Foreign food. You want to eat something nice and British. Go, go somewhere English. You know, for a change. Just do, do something completely different. Completely different. <laughs> but we don't, actually. We don't. That's the trouble. We want to go... You know why we go to Spain? Why we go to Tunisia? Why we go to Turkey? Sunshine. That's all we're going for. We're only going there. You know, my favourite holiday destination, says the producer, the places the British people generally don't go. Does that make me a bad person? No. You don't want to go anywhere, do you, that the Brits go abroad? They go, oh, all the Brits go to... Torremolinos. It used to be Torremolinos years ago. You go, avoid Torremolinos. Let's go to Ibiza. Let's not. Let's go to Malaga. Let's definitely not go to Malaga. It's full of all those peasants from up north with tattoos on their faces. It's really full of pond life. Horrible people. And they go, so where would you go? And you go, have you tried the Lake District? That's quite nice. Norfolk? Well, maybe not Norfolk. You know, there's other places in this country you can go to. Bridlington's fairly popular this time of year. Go and get a, get a job on a trawler going out to sea, fishing, you know. I'm trying to think of some of the best places. It doesn't have to be a seaside resort, does it? It doesn't have to be a resort where you sort of go somewhere because it's got a beach or a promenade or a pier or a winter gardens. Although, to be honest with you, I mean, I think that's actually quite a nice thing to do. But, you know, when we've got pictures of us sitting on beaches, nobody went abroad. Nobody went abroad at all. People just didn't go there because it was too expensive. I mean, you could go to the Isle of Wight... The Isle of Wight's quite nice. That's not... You know, they've still got empty bits of beaches. You know, if you just... I thought the idea of a holiday... Excuse me. I thought the idea of a holiday was to sit down and just just be peaceful and just relax and rest. And so why not go to, you know, to the Isle of Wight? Although the chairman of Ofsted uh, has resigned weeks after he said the Isle of Wight was a ghetto where there was inbreeding. Dear, honestly... Why don't these people engage their brains before they open their mouths? He's apologised for his comments and he'd offered to visit the island to offer a personal mea culpa to its inhabitants. He also made a personal call to the leader of the Isle of Wight Council for having offended the island. You can't say anything now, can you, without somebody being offended? I mean, that's that's a very bad thing to say about anywhere. Because I've been saying it about Norfolk for ages. And I've no intention of apologising to anybody in Norfolk or even going up there, even though my grandmother's ashes are scattered in Norfolk. And uh, my uncle used to be a chief probation officer for Norwich, which, of course, was needed back in the early days. Now they just have sort of hanging crews and people who snatch people off the street. Bring back the press gangs. That's what I say. Bring back the press gangs. That's where, you know, you go out there, have a few drinks in the pub on a Saturday. Uh, uh, next thing, there'll be a snatched squad going there, 
wish you off the streets. Next thing, you're straight down to Portsmouth on a ship, and that's the last they ever see of you for about ten years. What a brilliant idea. We could do that now, couldn't we? They go, uh, I was drinking with me, mate, and he just vanished. Yeah, he's on a ship. Is he? Where, where have you gone to? Well, I don't know, he's just on a ship. Yes, that's what Australia was for. Australia was for, we used to take people, and we'd shove them on the ships, and row, row, and, and, they'd, and they'd have to have to row to Australia, and then we'd just leave them there. It was completely uninhabited, a few koalas and a kangaroo, and that was about it. Then they got myxomatosis, and that affected everybody. And now they come back here. Obviously, Australia not as exciting as we thought it was, ladies and gentlemen. Although, personally, I, I quite like the place, as long as it's over there and I don't need to visit. Uh, still to come, there's a new host for a new dance show. Oh, good. I love a good dance show. Beats cookery shows, doesn't it? We do have a lot of cookery shows. In fact, I think we probably... What have we got more of? No, we've got more antique shows. There's always antique shows. Always, always, always an antique show. People think they've got a little treasure. I can remember, years and years ago, the antique... Uh, roadshow were down in in my neck of the woods in Staines and uh, one of the old boys over the road he, he said oh Steve he said the antique roadshow's coming round here I said yeah I said they're, they're valuing things he said oh I, I got something worth value please and uh, so I, I arranged for the antiques roadshow to go and uh, and see him and uh, so they went round his house and he said oh I, I got this thing and he, he's valuing and they go okay and he had it covered over with sort of big tarpaulin thing he put it into the sitting room and they go, well, well, show us what it is then. He said, I've had it for years. He said, it must be worth a bit of money. And he whisked off the tarpaulin and went, you silly bloke, it's your water tank. He dismantled the water tank. I mean, can you believe it? You know, they're looking for proper antiques. Nick Ferrari's going to be with you at breakfast this morning on LBC at 7. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice heavy company. Welcome to Monday. It's a little bit wet, nothing too much to worry about. Take an umbrella, it means that the kids get their first bath in months and they're back to school today. So that's good news, isn't it? Well, it's bad news if you normally get one of those early commuter trains because the kiddiewinks will be getting on them as well and they'll be noisy and it'll be... Dr- Even in the quiet carriage, they're noisy. I always avoid the quiet carriages because I end up losing my temper too quickly. Telling people, you know, shh, shh. But they don't understand, even though they've got notices up there saying, you know, don't listen. I don't want to listen to your music, your boring music. I don't want to listen to your stupid telephone calls. I've never worked as a librarian. I said, the funny thing is, why is it that libraries have also got that policy of people not talking? I mean, you know, you can read a book anyway. I see people sitting on a bench, or the worst ones, the real dumbos, are the people who get off the train reading a book and they're walking towards you reading a book. I deliberately trip them up. I'm sorry, I know. Uh, are you one of those people? You get off the train reading a book. You don't, do you? Why? What's the matter with you? That's not normal, is it? Oh, it's awful. It's like people who get they're reading the Metro and, they're, and they're, they're walking towards you. Again, I have to trip them up. It's just ridiculous. Drives me mad. Mind you, and as you now know, girls, ladies, putting your makeup on the train slovenly. OK, it means that you're uh, you're really, really down with the trailer trash. Nobody with any class puts makeup on on the train. It means you're bone idle, which means that you probably haven't had a shower in the morning. So, in other words, you're just not a very nice person at all. Do not, do not put your makeup on on the train, especially those of you who take prep the entire makeup bag with you. It won't help. You're too unattractive. It's not going to work. Okay, just accept the fact. Ridiculous. Uh, Phil says the press gang could snatch people off and put them on the Isle of Wight ferry. Well, actually, I quite like the idea of just sending them quite a long way, but perhaps just around the world cruise for a long time. That'd sort them out, wouldn't it? Because then they could fight among themselves on a ship that would be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and they could go nowhere. 
what, in fact, what you could do, actually, I mean, I know this sounds really awful, but it could be survival shipwreck, the programme. Survival shipwreck. What you do is you put loads of these people that you make, you go, oh, we're looking for people to go on a new uh, show, you know, where you can sort of bed gorgeous women. And you don't, you don't have any gorgeous women on the ship. But once you've got them on celebrity shipwreck, you, you take the boat out in the middle of the Atlantic and then you scupper it. And the whole idea is the one who makes it back to shore without being eaten by a shark is, is the winner. And they get like a crate of lager or something like that. That'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Celebrity shipwreck. The more I think about it, the happier I could be, actually. Uh, one here says, Steve, New Forest, Burley, the New Forest bus tour, Salisbury, Dorset. Never go abroad, says Sue Ann. Yes, I mean, the New Forest is lovely. Very nice indeed. That's very pretty down there, isn't it? Limington is very pretty and all those sort of places. But the New Forest is lovely. Just don't pick the mushrooms. You're not allowed to. Not allowed to. Dubai, Steve. I've been going for years. Beautiful beaches, beautiful hotels and beautiful weather. Not overcrowded at all. No, but it's, it's got that stuff that comes out of uh, Essex going there, hasn't it? It's got the, uh, the Essex girl to go down there. You don't want to go to anywhere where that, that sort of chavy lot goes to. That would just lower the tone of it. Lower the tone. But luckily, very shortly, they'll, they'll all be dropped, won't they? I mean, poor old Jessica Wright has resorted to just sort of wandering around aimlessly. But there again, that's what she did before. It's just a bit, bit sad, really. Uh, Steve uh, says, see, those people who go to join ISIS must have parents who are first cousins. They must have some sort of problems. Um, I don't actually know. I don't know how you radicalise somebody to make them believe that people who commit crimes like that and who are paedophiles, as we all know, most of uh, ISIS members are paedophiles, uh, that's why they've got all these children there. They like children. They like children a lot because children, they get to do their bidding. But uh, nobody ever says anything like that. They go, oh, no, because they're just they're just sick in the head. Well, most of them get blown up eventually. You can't tell kids to be quiet on the train, says Adam and Andover. Yeah, I mean, it's, I did see it once. There was some man, he lost his temper on the train and started shouting at them, which, of course, didn't help at all because uh, you just, I just sort of sat there smiling, actually. Tony says, is it me or do librarians always look miserable? I don't know. I don't know why librarians... All they've got to do is sit there and go, is that the book you wanted? Thank you. And then they go... And they put the little stamp in there, which has got the date on it. Oh, to go to... Yeah. Oh, is it electronic now? Oh, right. They don't even use stamps. I'm not surprised. They look miserable. They just scan the book. Is that the book you wanted? Yeah. Thank you. I brought it back. OK. Right. Because sometimes you just used to put the book there and you... But I haven't been in a library for years. If I want a book now, I buy it. I wouldn't have thought of going to a library. I used to sell books to, to libraries years and years ago. And uh, my missus, says uh, Pavel, the milkman in Harlow, has taken me to Snowdonia for my birthday in January. She knows I love snow. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a long way up, though, isn't it, really? It was amazing. We were the only people in a fancy 1930s American-style hotel. Saw the darkest places in the UK. Perfect for stargazing and night sky photography. And the snow. Lovely. Yes, I mean, there's some beautiful places. Absolutely beautiful places. Go up to Scotland. Oh, there's some stunning places. Uh, Steve, that's why pewter tankards had glass bottoms, says Tony. Uh, you could see the press gangs usually. Naval personnel had dropped the king's shilling into your drink. <sighs> Ooh, dear. Scary, scary. They would come in there and they would do it. I think there was a carry-on film. A carry-on film. I think which was... Um, they were, that was to do with press gangs, wasn't it? And I quite, I quite liked that idea. I quite liked the idea of taking away people who were just irritated. So, so when the police go out on the Saturday night for their interceptor programmes in Slough, because it's always Slough because it's a dump, and you get all the people breaking the law there. And so what they, they do is they go around there and arrest the people, throw them in the back of the paddy wagon, 
take them down to the ships and shove them on there. End of problem. End of problem. It solves a multitude of things, doesn't it? I didn't know about glass bottoms in pewter tankards. I, I really didn't know about that at all. Dan says, well, at least LBC's uh, Steve Allen is keeping it real these days. I think you have to keep it real. What's the point? I mean, people know what's going on in the world. You're not daft, are you? You read items in the, uh, in the newspapers and you think, well, I wonder what the true story is about that. Oh, here's Steve Allen. He'll tell us exactly what the true story is about that particular item. And at the moment, it's all Keith Vaz. It's interestingly enough that Jeremy Corbyn has dismissed the scandal as a private matter. Well, there you go then. So that's OK. That's OK. He blames the press for exposing him. Yep. And uh, he paid male escorts for sex. Not looking very promising, is it? So that's the that's the front page story on everything. I did predict, <coughs> excuse me, yesterday that uh, it featured in the mirror to start with. And then I knew that everybody would be working. <coughs> oh, quickly, a quick slurp, Steve. I knew that everybody would be working overtime to make sure that the story hit the papers. And they'll be looking to see what the fallout is later on today. Because that's, that's what it's all going to come down to, isn't it? Will he quit completely? Uh, what will happen? Are there any... Ch- I don't know if he's broken the law. I mean, I don't think having prostitutes in your flat is breaking the law, as far as I know. News at uh, five, coming up very shortly on LBC. Exercise for the over 50s keeps the brain in shape. A new exhibition. It's at the V&A, we've discovered, to celebrate one of Britain's greatest comedians. Tommy Cooper, just like that. Uh, the racist thugs who've attacked another two poles in Harlow... It's now St. Teresa, but I always thought she was anyway. The price of sexism at your supermarket, Till. The secret of the village where one in ten live to a hundred. What's the answer? A healthy diet and lots of sex. Can you imagine? can only dream about things like that. The uh, church condemns the gay clerics who outed 11 bishops. I mean, how many gay people are there in the Church of England? And who cares? And uh, the Ripper in the £3 million rip-off. All of that and more on LBC This Morning with Steve Allen. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Monday. It's the 5th of September. Already it's the 5th of September. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? 500 years on, you can meet the ship's carpenter from the Mary Rose. They've reassembled him based on his skull. You wouldn't believe what they've got down there. The Ripper in the £3 million rip-off... Because uh, apparently 11 years ago he was more than fit to be transferred to proper prison for his crimes against humanity. The East European Rent Boy scandal targets Keith Vaz, who's now fighting to save his career. Strangely enough, Jeremy Corbyn dismisses the scandal and says it's a private matter. Obviously a very foolish person, I think, if it turns out to be true. What drives diners away, apart from bad food? Noisy restaurants. I thought people liked noisy restaurants. I thought that's the whole idea. You go there for a bit of atmosphere. And, you I know, mean, if you go to a restaurant that's really quiet, it's like a scene from, was that, um, what, that what was that carry-on where they had um, a, a dating agency? And it was Sid James and Hattie Jakes. Carry-on loving, I think it might have been. And couples sitting there, everybody looking very miserable. Nobody says anything. It's like whenever you go out, isn't it, on Valentine's night... There's the most miserable people sitting in restaurants. Who wants to go out? Nobody talks. It's a private thing. If you're going to be romantic for Valentine's Day, stay at home. Much better. Uh, Carry On Jack was the film. Bernard Cribbins and the Carry On crew. Yes, one of them was a a woman playing a a cabin boy. Do you remember that one? Carry On Jack. That's where they had those uh, press gangs who went in 
and they would press gang people into joining the ship for the duration. And it could be two or three years at least. Fantastic idea of getting rid of all the pond life we've got in this country. So uh, noisy restaurants drive people away. The church is condemning the gay clerics who outed 11 bishops and the supercharged electric bikes putting lives at risk. I always fancied an electric bike. I always fancied an electric bike. I always thought that'd be a good idea. Get an electric bike, then you can pedal it for a little bit. And then when you get a bit bored, you just put it into the electric mode. Is that not how it works? Oh, why does it just enhances your pedaling? No, no, I just want to sit there and not, not pedal and just put it onto the electric bit. It's not a motorbike. Oh, oh. oh well, I don't want one then. Don't want... I thought that's how it worked. I thought for you going up hills, you just put, push the button and the electric motor kicks in. Oh, what was the point of having it then? Oh, it's ridiculous. I don't want one now. I've seen them on the television. I've seen them, but I need to have another look at them, don't I, really, to find out exactly what you can do with these things. A friend of mine said, he said, you can cycle in every day. I said, you must be mad. It's about seven miles. He said, well, you can do seven miles. I said, I can't do seven feet, let alone seven miles. I said, what happens if it rains? He said, well, you put your umbrella up. I said, so there's the danger I'm going to be, uh, you know, not seen on the street. I know I've got an umbrella that lights up, but for goodness sake. Uh, The Cheshire Housewives are back on the television. A more tawdry, pathetic bunch of people you'd be hard-pushed to find. They're not a patch on the Americans. Not a patch when they've got... There's the cross-eyed woman in one of the the Housewives of Beverly Hills or New York City or something. There's the cross-eyed one. And then they were all arguing and they shout and scream at each other. They're vile people. They really are vile. But uh, the ones of Cheshire are just poor imitations. They're not much cop at all. They're just cheap, tatty old things and look like cheap, tatty old things as well. Uh, The price of sexism at your till. Andrew Pearce did a great piece on this on Saturday Breakfast on LBC, sitting in for Andrew Castle. And it was to do with... The items at the till that are exactly the same as the male ones, except they're cheaper for men to buy than they are for women to buy. I was a little bit disappointed at this. I was I was sort of thinking to myself, but why would it be the same? Apparently pink plastic is a little bit more expensive. I mean, do you, seriously, do you seriously think that? I didn't. There were all sorts of things. Also, they were thinking of having um, those little beads made illegal by the end of the year. That, that one's taken off quite quickly, isn't it? I'd never even thought... They will be banned by the end of next year. Wow. You see, I've never, ever thought about it. I thought they were so tiny, but there are, must be billions of them or trillions or whatever, whatever's bigger than trillions, uh, because you get loads of them. And I, I used something the other day. I used a facial scrub the other day. And I think, oh, these are little... I thought they were things that dissolved. I know that sounds a bit stupid, but that's what I thought they were. I thought they were little tiny... And they're tiny, 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 tiny. And I thought they were sort of made out of the stuff that the cream was made out of, and then they just dissolved. There you go. Uh, 84850. A lot of people talking about Keith Vaz and saying, but he's married, yes, and he's offered to buy drugs for prostitutes, possibly, and, um, and he pretended he sold washing machines. Yes, that was the odd one. That, that was the bit I couldn't get my head around, that he said his name was, was it Bill? Uh, Jim. That's right. Jim. Uh, my name's Jim. J-I-M. And I sell washing machines. Right. So what, do you work for John Lewis or something? I mean, because I don't know anybody who just sells washing machines. You know, I mean, could he have not said food mixers at the same time? I don't want to isolate him and just make sure that he only sells washing machines. But it was a very odd thing. He was obviously determined to try and uh, use some subterfuge and try and pretend he wasn't Keith Vaz. Why not just my name's Keith? You know, as opposed to some elaborate scam about I sell washing machines. Do you think they talk about things like that? Because I don't want to be, I don't want to sort of put, put it all on the line for you this morning. But I'm assuming that if you invite round prostitutes, you don't want to sit talking about washing machines. 
Get my drift? I'm getting the feeling they're not round there for a little bit of polite conversation. I'm getting the feeling they're round there for, for, for what they're, they're paid to do. But to take two on is, is quite something. Could be quite dangerous, I would have thought. I thought he was, uh, you know, he was pushing the boat out a bit himself. If he seriously invited two people round and it was for a bit of how's your father, which we don't know yet, I would think to myself, that's a bit dangerous. Two people and there's just him, an old man. Very dangerous. Whatever it is, though, it was stupid. It was very stupid action. I love the way that Corbyn just go, no, just dismiss it. Well, no, we don't just dismiss it. That's the problem. We have to uh, we have to sort of try and investigate and find out what it is. Why well, can't people just answer straightforward questions? I know, does that, does that make me be a bad person? If you say to somebody, just suppose, hypothetically, it's somebody like Keith Vaz, who is married with, with two children and is seen on camera, covert filming, with two prostitutes, two male escorts. They call them escorts now. It makes them sound a little bit more classy, but it, it comes down to the same thing. It's the world's oldest profession. Why can you not turn around to somebody and say to them, are you, are you bisexual? You know, would that not be... A, is that an embarrassing question in this day and age? To say to somebody, listen, why do you invite them round there? Are you, are, are you gay? Obviously, he's not gay. He can't be, can he? He's got two children. But, I mean, why would we not just ask the question? You know, have you had rent boys round before? Was this part of research? Do you need to know about this research? In which case, why do you pretend you're somebody else? Why not go to an agency and say, listen, my name's Keith Vaz. You know who I am. You've seen me in the press. I want to do an interview because I want to find out more about the sex trade. And then you invite people round. Not, my name's Jim, I sell washing machines. You know, that just makes it sound sleazy. That just makes it sound a little bit... Why can you not just ask the straightforward question? What were they doing there, Mr Vaz? What were they doing there? Where did you book them from? How much did you pay for them? That's what I want to know. I just want to ask straightforward questions, not sort of hide behind your wife's skirts. I want to know what the answer is. Because you're an MP. We should be, we should be told these sort of things. You know, if you were just little, little Mr Nobody from down the road, I wouldn't care less. I don't really care less at this, but I think if you're going to start sort of saying, oh, you know, I'd blame the press for exposing me and this kind of stuff... Well, good for the press, but I mean, I don't really see what what uh, what it does. Some airline crew says uh, Blake referred to Dubai as Dubenidorm. Greetings from Tokyo. He said just landed and off to bed. How nice! How nice! How nice! Somebody else was off to bed earlier on. They said to me, oh, I can't wait to climb into bed. And I climbed into bed yesterday. A friend of mine is just... In fact, she's up in Scotland at the moment. She's in Edinburgh. They booked her into this hotel. She's in a superior suite, and she's overlooking the river. And she said, it's the best hotel room she's ever been in. I said, is it? she's not paying for it, worker paying for it. And she phoned me, she said, it's so exciting. I said, why? She said, I've got a suite, she said, with a couch in here and a big bed and everything. And I was going out yesterday because I, I nipped out quickly. I needed to buy a new duvet. Because years and years ago, Nick Ferrari bought Siberian Goose. We had this thing about Siberian Goose uh, duvets and uh, and I thought it's about I don't know how long duvets last I must have had this one probably about 10 years if if not a bit more and I thought I'm going to treat myself this month to a new duvet but I need to find out how much Siberian goose has gone up in price because I think I paid about 400 pounds for this from John Lewis and so I can't think of anywhere else where you buy these things from. I don't want to go to somewhere I don't know. I want to buy it, you know, sort of from, from somewhere I could take it back to if it doesn't suit purpose. And I thought, no, treat yourself. Go on. And then I thought, no, the car's going in for a service next week. <laughs> I'm not too sure where it's all going to end at the moment. It's a very expensive month. Very, very expensive month. It's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, it is nice to have your company this morning. Welcome to Monday. Welcome to get the kids off to school, push them out the door. Goodbye. Mummy's missing you. No, she's not. Off you go. And they shove them out the door and Dad goes, have they gone? Yep. What time will they be back? About five o'clock. 
which gives you a little bit of a rest, doesn't it? It gives you a little bit of a rest. And that's what I think mums need, because it's just gone on forever. I mean, it's seriously, it is the, uh, it is the, the holiday that it seemed like for ages to me. Uh, Juliet Mills was the actress in Carry On Jack, who was a woman playing a man. Thank you, Juliet Mills. Juliet Mills. How lovely. Uh, another one here. Before the uh, the advent of public transport, every village in the world was inbred, not just the Isle of Wight. You found a wife within the maximum range of your of your horse, but usually up the road of it. Girl next door, villages all related, says Pete. <gasps> what a dreadful thought. What a dreadful, dreadful thought. You can imagine. I did go to the Isle. Is the Isle of Wight the place where you go where you get coloured sands? In what looked like sort of an artificial, whatever it was, sort of a, a tall test tube with all coloured sands in it. I thought that was quite nice. That was famous. In my day, you could get things like swans out of blown glass or with coloured sand in there. And I think it came from the needles. Is it the needles? I obviously know more about this than I'm, I'm sort of letting on, really. Because we did go camping on the Isle of Wight years ago with the, uh, the church youth group. We went there and it was, do you know, when I think about it, I think it was one of the happiest times of our lives. As kids, we went away, we were camping, we were in a field next to a church and and we just had fun. There was about 30 of us, boys and girls, and I don't know why we went to the Isle of Wight or how we even got there. That bit is a is shrouded in mystery, but I remember going there, camping in a field and we <laughs> One of the boys had a bit of a misfortune. He had a bit of an accident. He was a bit homesick because kiddies used to get homesick. But we loved it. We thought it was great. And in the morning, I remember we were all pictured around a box of cornflakes. We had a giant, huge packing case full of cornflakes. They supplied an industrial thing for us and we all sat round it. And we got a picture somewhere uh, of us sitting around the cornflakes. My God, we look young. My God, we were young. You always do that, actually. That's a very it's a very interesting thing to do when you uh, occasionally get out the family photo album uh just go through it and you'll be horrified at how much you've uh, you've aged i always think so anyway <laughs> steve is keith vows using the washing machine salesman's line as a spin uh i don't it's an odd thing to do isn't it you see that i mean i'm being generous i'm being quite good about it i'm saying a i don't care really what he gets up to behind the privacy of a closed door in the same way, I wouldn't, you know, don't care what the producer gets up to when he goes home and shuts the door. He, he might want to dress up as Little Bo Peep. I don't care. Well, maybe not Little Bo Peep. I know, I'd heard a rumour and I'd seen a photo. OK, I don't want to mention it or ever again. But I don't really care. It doesn't make any difference to me. But in Keith Vaz's case, he's married with two children. So, of course, my next question is going to be, if he invites people round, why is he pretending to be somebody else? Why is he just not saying who he is? And secondly, does the wife know? I mean, that's, it's, they're fairly straightforward questions. It's not complicated. I'm not trying to trip him up. I'm just sort of asking. And I always, I, I get sort of slightly disturbed when people say, I have no comment to make. Uh, I'm consulting my lawyers. But it is you, isn't it, on the film? It is you who's been doing the, the text. In which case, what are you consulting a lawyer about? I mean, is it a case of how can we sort of move this on and, and brush it under the carpet? Because I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I mean, because I think that there's going to be more of this and I think it's going to run for a few days. So Mr. Vaz, who has stepped down, I believe, has he stepped down from the Common Select Committee? But because one of them, one of them says that he has, uh, they say here, oh, he's refused to step down immediately as chairman of the Commons Home Affairs Committee. But then I heard on a news, across the papers, it says he has or he will or he definitely will not step down which shows an amazing amount of arrogance, whichever way you look at it. Or failing that, somebody somewhere can't tell the truth. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
My friend Jonathan Levi uh, says uh, on the, the Keith Vaz story, um, I think he said he sold industrial washing machines. Really big ones. Perhaps he just wanted, you know, to people to be impressed. What if he had photos? Jicky sort of Jicky went the whole hog and sort of put on a fake moustache and a brochure. Jicky had a brochure or something like that. I mean, it could be a very innocent explanation. It could be actually, yes. They might have been people going round there who were interested in buying an industrial washing machine. Because that's where you go to. You go to, to somebody's flat and you go, Blimey, it's Keith Vaz. He's flogging washing machines. He's fallen on hard times. Uh, we can't make out how he paid for this. One of the papers says part of it was bank transfer. Another paper says it was cash. Either way, you'd think anything that's you know involves you know writing something on a piece of paper would not be the best way. You would pay cash for it. That way it would not be, be traceable. But either way, if you tried to disguise who he was... Why he just didn't say Keith Vaz? I can't imagine there's, there's very many East European rent boys who know who Keith Vaz is. I mean, I'm, I really wouldn't have thought so. You could probably count them on one hand. And, uh, and somebody says he lives ten miles away in Stanmore. Why does he need an apartment in Westminster? Well, actually, I thought it was quite a cheap apartment in Westminster. 388,000. Tony the cabbie says, went the day well. Is on television Wednesday morning. Ah, can't see it Wednesday morning. Because I'm working, then I'm off uh, to a screening. I've got to go and watch the new uh, Daniel Radcliffe movie on what what we can't find out what the film's called at the moment i think he shaved his head for it i'm pretty certain pretty certain but daniel radcliffe never stops working he just doesn't stop working so looking forward to seeing him and uh, that'll be coming up today we've got the hairy bikers in they've got a super cookbook really super cookbook really the pictures look stunning absolutely stunning in the airline biz steve we call tenerife tenerife horrible flight oh you can imagine what it's like can't you oh Dear me, I can't. Well I, well, I can't imagine what it's like. I certainly wouldn't want to be working. And um, uh, Alex says the most shocking bit of the Keith that story is he told the rent boys to help themselves to a drink and put the bottle of whiskey back in the fridge. He keeps whiskey in the fridge. I hope there'd be a full investigation into that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never heard of people keeping whiskey in the fridge. To be honest with you, vodka, yes, milk, water cranberry juice and any other number of things, but never whiskey in the fridge. You do put ice in whiskey, don't you? I don't, I'm not a whiskey drinker. bit like, uh, you can, but you can put it, I know, it's horrible. Yeah, I, di- I just, what, putting ice in it? Oh yeah, putting ice in it weakens it a bit. But there again, I just don't like whiskey full stop. And I know there's hundreds and hundreds of different whiskies. A friend of mine used to collect vintage whiskies and he would buy so much. So we had them going back to the 1940s in his kitchen, all the way around the top of the kitchen. 1943, 46 and things like that. And for special dinner parties, he would give people little little tastes of it. But because I'm not an expert, it would be totally wasted. I'd have to mix it down with Canada Dry or something like that. Uh, Steve says, Ronnie, I've got my coloured sand from uh, Alum Bay on the Isle of Wight. Ah, that's what it is then. That's what I'm thinking of, Alum Bay. Yes, the latest film is uh, Daniel Radcliffe. He's a new skinhead neo-Nazi. He plays an FBI agent investigating the far right. It's called Imperium. And uh, as I say, never won- he's never backwards at coming forwards. Never backwards at coming forwards. He, you know, he'll, he'll take his kit off. He had no, in fact, I think at the auditions he took his kit off for Equus. It seems a long time, doesn't it, since we've, uh, we've seen him as Harry Potter and, uh, and the drastic changes. And he just keeps, keeps turning out films. He just keeps... That's all he does. He keeps working. He made an absolute fortune out of Harry Potter. I think that probably made him something like 60 or 70 million. So he doesn't need to work. But he loves working. And so that's what he does. He works. Clever boy. Very, very... I've always thought he was a clever boy. And also very, very 
grounded, down to earth. He says, uh, whenever I was using racial slurs and stuff in the film, I'd have to go to the actors after and say, I'm really sorry. That's what, that's what he's like. He says, I know you know that I don't mean it, but I still feel like I have to say it. We were the most apologetic bunch of skinheads. Because <laughs> he had to say sorry to everybody. But that's him. But when you look at the Harry Potter films, he never wore glasses. The glasses were just put on. So, of course, when people saw him without glasses, it was very interesting. Very interesting. He said, on the other hand, we're dealing with this heavy stuff and filming like right-wing, white supremacist rally scenes. And we were all wearing T-shirts that said white power and stuff like that. It was weird and horrible. Because, uh, well, it would be, actually. It would be. A Jewish skinhead. Have you heard of such a thing? Have you heard of such a thing? And then he had to shave his head on camera in one take. He said, I was happy to find out I didn't have a strangely shaped or marked head in any way. <laughs> God, poor soul, honestly. We'll talk about that when we, uh, when we catch up with him in probably about a week's time. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. A lot of people coming out. There's, a, there's no end of Keith Vaz jokes now about washing machines, as you can well imagine. Somebody said washing machines to deal with his dirty laundry. Possibly, possibly. We don't know. We've got to wait and find out. But I did predict yesterday this story was going to go big. And uh, I don't think it's got bigger than it has at the moment. I've got ten tips for you later on this morning for bliss. Things that make you happy. Things that, you know, that make your relationship go with a zing. Uh, plus the medics finding a drug to battle Crohn's, and that would be the miracle of the century. I'd happily, happily go along with that one. Ed Balls looking like a complete and utter buffoon on the television. As I say, if you thought he was an idiot beforehand, it'll be confirmed when you watch him dancing. And the first great escape, the letters on the plot, which go up for sale. And um, and the Scrabble champion, but doesn't have a clue what the words mean. I must find out more about electric bikes. I'm not really good on electric bikes, but I quite fancy the idea. Front page of the Daily Star this morning... They've done Pop Goes Vaz, then they've talked about the weather, but their main story, the main story is the Strictly winner decided already. Uh, and this is from poor, dreary, old um, old John Jordan. Uh, it's quite funny, actually, because John Jordan says, oh, it's fixed, he says it's not fair, but... Um, uh, he says here, do you notice that certain celebrities get loads of coverage? Of course, John Jordan, who's sitting at home taking up tapestry cushion covers, I should imagine, by now. And uh, a show insider said, here we go again. It's so sad that, sorry, James Jordan, is so bitter and twisted about Strictly. He needs to get over the fact he's no longer part of the show. He's no longer part of anything. That's the trouble. He's droning on to anybody who'll listen, but nobody really cares about him anymore. Him and his dreary wife. I mean, it's terribly embarrassing, isn't it, really? Do you see what that woman turned up on a beach the other day? She's going for a walk along the beach with her husband, which they're prone to doing. And there was a swordfish washed up on the beach, eight feet long, weighing about 200 pounds. A swordfish. I mean, I didn't think swordfishes came this far south because they're generally in much warmer waters. Our waters were a little bit, uh, a little bit chilly for things like that. Uh, other stories in the papers. This is uh, Sophie Ellis Baxter did not quite cause murder on the dance floor when she reached the Strictly Come Dancing final. Now she's let it slip. She's up for more reality TV shows if they feel right. In other words, her agent's obviously not working hard enough and they have to appeal for it for a national newspaper. So she wants some... Well, good Lord. Who's this? This is somebody turning up uh, to a... I think it's the Venice Film Festival... And uh, it's the cast at the premiere of the new TV miniseries, The Young Pope. Italian film star Guila Salemi and Brazilian model Diane Mello were barely there. I mean, they were practically naked, practically naked. Their outfits stole attention from the drama's British star Jude Law. Of course they would, because you're not really expecting old tarts to turn up looking like this. Made the Versace dress look almost classy. 
ridiculous, isn't it? Brian Adams hit Summer of 69. Named the song most likely to be on holiday playlists. Does anybody have holiday playlists now? I wasn't aware. And we've got a story about Beverly Callard, who's revealed she felt suicidal when she suffered a breakdown filming Coronation Street. We talked to Beverly Callard about uh, her breakdown and her depression, and it's still available on the LBC website as part of the podcasting. It's very interesting. Very, very interesting. She'd written a book about it, and uh, we had a long chat. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It can't be long, can it, before somebody or some bright spark has the uh, has the aptitude to take a packet of Daz washing powder and change it for Vaz. You know, available now in any East European country. You know, you could just see it, can't you? It's just it's it's going to be a matter of seconds, I think, from our, me having said it now to somebody going. I never thought about that. Yes, put it in Jim's washing machine. Jim recommends Vaz. My name's Jim. I sell washing machines. Of course you do, Poppet. No, it's not. Your name's Keith Vaz. You're married with two children. Hello. Come on. Like me coming on air and going, hello, I'm Nick Abbott. No, you're not. Oh, I want to be. I could be Nick Abbott if I wanted to be, couldn't I, really? Yes. Sound effects of Nick I didn't realise that. I'd forgotten that Nick Abbott has loads and loads of sound effects on his uh, on his programme, which uh, is something we don't have. We just we just find obscure things every so often. When when I talked earlier on about Beverly Callard, uh, she's in Coronation Street and, you know, uh, she suffered a breakdown filming. And she said to me that this depression took on a very strange form when she was in Coronation Street and it affected her very badly because she couldn't remember what she was doing. She said, I'd be, because we film lots and lots of scenes uh, at one time. So she might be filming six scenes with her behind the bar, but in fact, they're not all for that episode. They might be for future episodes. She said, and you sometimes don't know where you are. She said, so you learn the lines and then you repeat them and they put them out. She said, and I remember standing behind the bar, she said, and I just burst into tears. She said, I didn't because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was, she said, and I felt very vulnerable. And the way she explained it to us, I mean, it, it sounded horrendous. I mean, and then she said in the papers today that she felt suicidal. I can well imagine. She, she said, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was. She said, and I didn't know who the people were around me. That's what made it worse. People that she'd worked with every day, she had no idea. And, uh, and it, was, it was mental health. She was signed off for, for two months, returned after a new doctor gave her fresh hope. Um, the, the, the collapse came after a drug firm stopped making medication she'd been taking to combat her illness since 2010. I was exactly the same, not for, for depression or anything like that, but for blood thinners. I wanted blood thinners and they gave me warfarin after I had stents put in. Uh, so my blood was fairly thick and it hurt as it was going through. And uh, then they put the stents in and it thinned the uh, the blood up. Well, that's what I thought it was. But, of course, it was the blood thinners, like warfarin, which was doing it. And then eventually they, they took me off it. Well, I thought it was terrible. I, th- I felt my blood thickening up again, which, of course, it was. And I thought, I don't like this. So I, I went to them. I said, I, I, it hurts. And so they, they put me back on warfarin again. And then gradually they just took me away from it. And that's all it needed. I had to be taken away from it. But once you're on a medication that you get reliant on, when it's taken away from you, it's, it's, it was a complete disaster as far as I was concerned. I was back round the doctors as fast as possible. Fast as possible. Although I've noticed, actually, that my doctor doesn't appear to need to see me as often as they, uh, they used to. I did ask the question earlier on, what comes after a trillion? After we discovered that uh, there is, there's millions and millions and billions and trillions of these little beads which go in the washing things. And also, they found another Earth 
It's about a trillion miles away, so it's going to take you God knows how long. And I wondered what came after a trillion. Apparently it's a quadrillion, then quintillion, sextillion, septillion, octillion, uh, nonillion, and I think it's decillion. Decillion. So that's what, that's what it is, just, uh, just so I'm well aware of it. Howard says, uh, there you go, try Vaz washing machine powder. It washes all your dirty linen in public. It's an odd one, isn't it? Because they're going to be doorstepping the house. Doorstepping the house. Uh, thank you to Paul, who told me what the Daniel Radcliffe film is, but we got there first. And uh, good luck to Gracie and Miley, says Dan. The girls are back at school today, starting year three. So hard not being there today to take them in. So good luck, Grace and Miley. Ooh, back at school today. He says, I've, I've got to be, because today's the day, at St Mary's for 7.30. Start of the new me. <sighs> 7.30. 7.30. It seems ludicrous, doesn't it? Actually, I think the French have got it right. One of the one of the vague things they have got right, which is get the kids into school early in the morning and let them come home by mid-afternoon or sort of lunchtime. Much better. In hot countries, I mean, how could you get... But I've noticed that all the school children abroad are much better dressed than our lot. Our lot look like scruff bags, honestly. I wonder if they're all their uniforms are nice and tidy or do they deliberately mess them up. Uh, the needles is almost correct, says William. It's Alum Bay. Which, if you look out to see into the left, will give you a great view of the needles. This is where I thought the coloured sand came from. And it's Alum Bay. And it's, it's very interesting. I don't know why I remember it. It's only because I think we had something. We had something, and I think it had coloured sands in from Alum Bay. But I just remember thinking it was the Isle of Wight. Uh, surviving BG, Barry Gibb, believes he's being haunted by the ghosts of his dead brother. Uh, brothers. Because uh, tragedy struck that family, and literally one by one... And I met Barry Gibb once. He was uh, he was with his son and he was shopping in a magic shop in London called Davenport's many, many years ago when they were opposite the British Museum and he wanted a cape and a hat and everything else. But uh, I was talking to somebody in the newsroom and, and I think it was Bill Overton and we were talking about the Bee Gees and I said, you need to listen to Cucumber Castle. I said, because that was one of the best Bee Gees tracks around. And there was an album and then they did the music for Vanity Fair uh, which was the Mark Lester film, which was great. And so he did promise he was going to check them out, but I shouldn't imagine he's had a, had a chance to do it just yet. Um, there's a, a little boy here, a bionic toddler, Oakley Lynch, and he's had the world's smallest 3D printed prosthetic hand, and it was made by his dad. Bless his heart, honestly. When you look at some of these little kids, remember those two uh, twins the other day? They were joined, I think, at the abdomen, and they managed to separate them successfully. A miracle in itself now. I mean, how they do these things. And they were both going off to school, and there was a lovely picture in the paper of these little kids. There'll be a lot of kids very disappointed going off to school today, but you've got to go because your mother needs a rest. Your mother is physically exhausted, and your father just can't cope with it at all. Uh, the Great Fire should have been shown on TV. They closed the roads and the bridges to make it hard for people to get home, actually. Um, a lot of people pointing out now, not just any washing machine, it's a twin tub, OK? They're going to be doing Keith Vaz jokes for the rest of the day. I get my electric bike in Coulston. You won't be disappointed, says Tony. But is it, it was I right about the electric bikes? The producer says it's there to enhance your cycling, whereas I'm sort of thinking perhaps I just stop cycling and then it, you click a button and it just takes over and cycles for you. Would, would that be would that be right? Or is it? Or do I have to cycle and it just helps me? Because if, if, if that's the case, I might as well get a bike with gears. 
Because that's it's exactly the same thing, isn't it? He has a racing bike, so he's now become the font of all knowledge on bicycles. I mean, it's to the point of boredom, I tell you. And uh, so do do let me know, actually. David Romford said this week is the anniversary of The One Show. Ten years on air, I know. Ten years of misery. Ten years of blooming misery for The One Show. She's pregnant, isn't she? And uh, no doubt there'll be pictures in OK Magazine, Closer, and just about any other magazine you can think of nowadays. Uh, a lot of people listening to this programme, for some reason... In Dubai, I can't imagine why a lot of people are listening to this show in Dubai. Mainly because I said it's not really... I don't want to go there. I don't want to go anywhere where there's going to be loads of Brits. I want to go somewhere where it's, it's fairly quiet. And I think that would be, uh, that would be quite nice. Uh, Steve, missing went the day well, buy a hard drive. No, I've, I've got it. I've got it. I've got the film. I've, I've bought it over the years. Actually, sometimes, because I've got so many DVDs, I do tend to buy them again. And so sometimes it goes, you purchased this in 1983 or whatever it happened to be. You think, well, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. Uh, carrying on bitching. Uh, this is, um, oh, see, now Will, Will Guyatt. Is, Will's the, um, the gadget man, isn't he? He's our, he's our, our techie correspondent. He's, he's written, oh, wait a minute, something else. <laughs> Just read out somebody else's there, which was a little bit rude. Not my sort of thing at all. Uh, right, what does he say? What does he say here? Wait a minute, come back. Come back, come back, come back. He was talking about, it gives you a boost. It gives you a boost, he said, this, this electric bike thing. He said, a half-hearted pedal will get you whizzing past others. But does it, right, so, ah, right. So it's not, when it says it's an electric bike wheel, it's not, I sit on it, pedal a little bit, my legs get a bit tired, flick a button and off I go. It's not like, well, that's a swizz. Why are they calling it electric bike then? So a half-hearted... I don't want to go whizzing past others. I don't have go faster... And I'm not wearing Lycra. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not. I'm absolutely not. It would be ridiculous. Uh, Steve says... uh, Good morning, Steve. I hate wet Mondays. Yeah, some some people worry about that. I just picked up the umbrella. As you know, I seem to carry a million umbrellas in the boot of the car. So I picked up an umbrella, hoping that I wasn't going to get wet. But if if I get... One of these electric cycles, I can go whizzing. There's nobody on the road at that time of the morning. I'm the only one out there. I just don't fancy it. I just really don't fancy I sort of fancy it in the summer, but now we're coming into winter, so there's no point, is there, really? So I don't really want to... I'm, I've been doing this for 20 years now. Well, thinking about getting a bicycle, and I haven't got any nearer. Uh, watch out, Cheshire, because the uh, the old moggies are back again. Here they are, the people with no class, no talent, no nothing at all. It's the real housewives of Cheshire. They're a bit dull, in fact, they're very dull. What their their impression of class is having a Cheshire accent, and that's about as appalling as it gets. I'm afraid they've got all sorts of people here: Dawn, Tanya, Ampika, uh, who, I mean, either she's been airbrushed very badly, or she really is a peculiar shape. Lauren, who obviously rates herself. Leanne, a little bit rating herself. Must take ages to paint the black lining down the middle of it. Stacy and Seema. And there's also another one called Missy. They're all a bit tragic because they're not half as interesting as the ones which are filmed abroad. And those are the ones that we like the best. Those are the ones that are actually interesting. Oh, wait a minute. What's this one here? I jilted girl for gay sex. This is my boozy romp with drag lover. I jilted girl for gay sex. Wow, interesting. All roads seem to lead back, don't they, as they say in the business. So the front page of the Express. Oh, what a surprise. Poldark. Thrilling fans with his racy TV comeback. Every opportunity to get the actor's shirt off apparently uh, goes down particularly well. Uh, Poldark is back and it's just grand. That's what they're saying. It's just grand. The Indian Summer 
is uh, is coming in 80 degrees Fahrenheit, ladies and gentlemen. So you know what a miserable time I'm going to be having, don't you? I'll try not to let it affect me. Uh, the veteran MP Keith Vaz writes the Express. Quit. You see, they're saying he's quit as chairman of the influential Commons Home Affairs Select Committee after it's revealed he allegedly paid young men for sex. He was caught meeting two East European male prostitutes and boasting about having unprotected sex. He's previously said he was not convinced... Men who pay for sex should be prosecuted. It's alleged that he met them at his flat. He referred to himself as Jim. Said he was a washing machine salesman. So now you know. Uh, other messages allegedly show Mr Vaz telling the men they needed to get the party started. That's like the title of a song, isn't it? I believe there is a song called Let's Get This Party Started. I think that means let's get on with it, shall we? That, I'm reading, hope I'm reading correctly on that one. But uh, the man with a political reputation for self-publicity went on the offensive after what appeared to be a newspaper sting. In a statement, Mr Vaz says it's deeply disturbing that a national newspaper should have paid individuals to have acted in this way. Right. I don't, I don't really know what that means, actually. Get the Party Started was uh, by Pink. And I think it was actually the first single. Was this the first single from her second album? It was called Misunderstood. Became, I think it was released in about ten countries. Biggest selling song at that time. And uh, it was good, actually. Going to get the party started. Great stuff. 2001 it was released. Look at me remembering stuff like that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's interesting, the tweets that people like nowadays. I tweeted earlier on, Wet Monday, typical. And Josh said, I like that tweet. Always goes down well, doesn't it? And John says, get the party started, Shirley Bassey. I think she did... She did do a version. I don't know if it was exactly the uh, the same one. Uh, Charlie reckons the Scrabble champion was lost for words when he won. It certainly was if you believe all the tweets about the fact that he has no idea what the words are that he's creating. I think he's just doing it with sort of just guessing. Just guessing, it seems to be uh, seems to be going on. Shirley Bassey did receive a cover for the spy-themed 2006 M&S Christmas television campaign. And, uh, yeah, so get the party started. Get the party started. I think so. There was loads of different... Uh, there was all these... Do you remember years ago, you would, you would get a song that would come up and, and then they'd do various mixes, like the Radio Edit, the Fugitives Coming Up mix, Flip and Fill remix, Chris Cox Club mix, Dub mix, Radio mix. It's all sorts of things, isn't it, really? I used to collect all of them. I used to have sort of favourite songs years ago and I used to see how many different uh, dub versions you could uh, you could get. And there were uh, quite a few, actually. Pete says there are several types of electric bike. Uh, in the one I have, you gently turn the pedal to keep the electric motor going. It's called pedelec. If you want to boost, you push the pedal a little bit harder. The motor understands and... The bike goes up steep hills without any panting on my part. Oh, right. So is it doing the work, then? That's what I need to find out, if it's doing the work. Oh, dear. And uh, Grace says, I want to go to Richmond for a day. Is it good enough for me? No, no, it's not for you. No, it's for upmarket people. It's not for you at all. No, you need to go to Feltham. That would be more... Hounslow, that's very popular, actually, Grace. You go there. And uh, she says rhubarb is in season. Is it? Is rhubarb back in season at the moment? I don't know. I was going sausages the other day, as you can uh, imagine. I had a, a predilection for sausages, and then I fell asleep and burnt them. But I still, I still ate the things. Uh, the typical blast over here, because in between Keith Vaz, who does dominate... All of the papers. Uh, the, uh, the the tropical blast, which is going to make the UK hotter than Corfu. So it's going to be 27 degrees. Today, uh, you're not going to hit anything like 
27 degrees. You're not going to... Uh, you're not going to hear anything from this programme apart from miserable Stephen complaining about it because I can't bear the idea of heat. Uh, images of the skulls and other bones found on board the Mary Rose have been released, giving a, a glimpse into life on the tragic vessel. Henry VIII's flagship sank in 1545. 460 people on board died. Now, scientists at Swansea have issued a 1,000 photos, including 10 skulls, for research to analysts. Researching and excavating the cabin was like stepping into a deserted workshop. Tools in baskets, even the carpenter's backgammon set. It was all there. All there for the taking. Uh, laying here, listening comments about the rain, says Tom, is adding to my sadness. We've got two funerals, both burials. One at 10.30, the other at 2. I was hoping we could... Uh, head for a bite to eat between, but sounds like we need to pop home to dry and get changed. You can hardly turn up to number two, soak through from number one, can you? Not really. Although, actually, nice to have two funerals today. There's two people who will be going for a bit of a rest somewhere. It's for the families, isn't it? I always think that funerals should be... I mean, I'm not expecting bright sunshine, but I always think funerals, because of their very nature, seem to warrant overcast days. Yesterday, when we left here... And it was overcast. You know, we walked through. I thought, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. I can just tell it's going to rain today. And then, lo and behold, it went uh, it went uh, backwards. And we ended up with a little bit of sunshine. And then we had a little bit of rain. We didn't have, uh, we didn't have too much yesterday. You might have had it, but we didn't. We didn't. Uh, why do the moral standards, says Mick, in par- Parliament seem so low? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, he's not actually done anything wrong. That's, it's, all right, so morally, if you go, he's married and he's got two children and he's an MP and he's on the Common Select Committee, well, then fair enough. But, I mean, legally, he's not done anything wrong. He's not going to be questioned by the police over it. If he wants to go and buy rent boys, he can buy rent boys. I just don't understand how how these rent boys knew who he was. That's that's the thing that doesn't kind of sit with me. I'm, you know, is this a newspaper sting? Was it somebody? Is it the fake shake all over again? Have we got another sort of situation where, they're, where they've heard rumours that somebody could be uh, interested and they've set something up? Did they contact him? Did he find it? There's all sorts of questions. There's all sorts of questions, but I'm sure will be unravelled. They're not going to put all their cards on the table on first outing of this. They're going to be holding back lots of little bits and pieces. And so we'll have to wait and find out. And then eventually we'll probably find out where these people come from and whether or not, um, you know, there's going to... But there won't be any charges from the police. There can't be. It's not illegal. If you want to pay for sex, that's your business. It's what you do behind closed doors. If he was in the middle of a public park, I could understand it. But he's not. He was in his own property with the door shut. Uh, Nancy says, I've got an electric bike. You can turn the battery off and just pedal. The handlebars and the pedals both get you moving. Get one, you won't regret it. Mm. They're quite expensive, though, aren't they, Nancy? Uh, Dean in Birmingham says, if you're looking for somewhere to go, I've just got back from Florence. How is she? Is she okay? I used to love that, the magic roundabout, my favourite. Beautiful. Yes, Florence is uh, is beautiful. Uh, The garden in front of the Tate on the South Bank. They should keep all the things there this week so people not able to see them uh, there were too many people over the weekend. Well, I went out yesterday to go and do some shopping in, in Kingston. And uh, it was so... I went at 12. I had a little sleep when I got in. And I went there at 12. And it was so chock-a-block, Kingston. I, I turned around and came back home again. I didn't bother, actually, uh, even trying to find a parking space. I only wanted to go and buy a duvet. I thought, no, I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it this week. Lots of pictures of, um, of Vatican City and the crowds out in force. Mother Teresa... Uh, and her her canonisation, the saint of the slums, Pope Francis canonised 
The nun dubbed the saint of the slums in a ceremony of rather tens of thousands. It really is. When, when, when they, they get busy in Rome, they get busy, let me tell you. Uh, she was fast-tracked after two miraculous cures of the sick were attributed to her, whether or not you believe it, of course. But Diana met her uh, in 1997. She was also a controversial figure. One critic accused her of having hobnobbed with dictators. Officially announcing her sainthood, the Pope said, we declare Blessed Teresa of Calcutta to be a saint, decreeing that she is to be venerated as such by the whole church. Ceremony took place under a huge portrait of the Albanian nun who was born Agnes uh, Gonksar Bojaksiu. Small wonder they just wanted to call her Mother Teresa. How does that fit in with Agnes? Where does Mother Teresa come from? Anyway, 1,500 homeless people from across Italy were brought to Rome for the event, given seats of honour and served pizza by nuns. It's exciting, isn't it? You go to Rome. I bet, I bet nobody had a Hawaiian, a Hawaiian pizza with a pineapple on it. Actually, I had pizza yesterday. I bought one of those, what they call is traditional Italian pizzas. They're quite dull, really, aren't they, without the pineapple? I felt like adding something to it to make it more interesting. Uh, seven in ten women's refuges are to shut because there's no money. Local councils don't have the money to keep these going. Uh, trying to raise money in the private sector is very, very difficult. People just don't want to give money to things like this. And the uh, the racist thugs in Harlow again, who've attacked another two Poles. I think three ministers from Poland are coming over there to go to Harlow. I can't understand why this has all of a sudden taken off. Harlow's never been a melting pot. It's just sort of, it's slightly... How do you describe Harlow? I don't know, actually. I've been there loads of times, loads of times. We've had cups of coffee there. I should imagine at night time, same as anywhere, there is a criminal element or people who are hell-bent on causing trouble or smashing car windows or that kind of thing. It goes on all over the country now. It's not just confined to Harlow. That's just one place out of many. But for one person to be targeted, you know, because he was speaking Polish, I wouldn't imagine these, uh, these people who perpetrated the crime would have had the faintest idea what Polish sounded like. I'd like to do an experiment. Let's have somebody reading Polish, somebody reading... Russian, somebody reading Lithuanian, you know, and, and see if you can identify the Polish person in there, because I bet you a bottom dollar you couldn't. You really couldn't. But uh, the Polish foreign minister tells Britain to keep citizens safe from xenophobia. It's not really something that we've had problems with in the past. That's the trouble. We've always been sort of live and let live. And especially in Harlow, where there's been a Polish contingent down there for, for ages. The, uh, the British foreign secretary, Boris Johnson, was in Warsaw on Saturday... And uh, he had a meeting with the Polish foreign minister and uh, they want to try and stop this because they say at the time of the EU referendum, there was a sharp increase in the number of hate crimes reported. And last week, new figures showed a surge in suspected race hate crimes on British railways since the Brexit vote. I was worried. Don't you worry? I'm, I've started getting on trains and being slightly concerned about some of the people on there. The Polish contribution to our society... I mean, there's no, there's no place for xenophobia in our country. The Polish contribution to our culture and society and above all the economy is absolutely immense. This is uh, Mr Johnson, the lead figurehead of the Leave campaign, insisted. No place for xenophobia, is what I said all the time. It's dreadful, really, isn't it? It is dreadful. And then two more people have been, uh, have been abused. It's not, it's not good enough, actually. It really is not good enough. It's about time the police, you know, if we need to send more police to an area, then we'd send more police to an area. Seem to manage it for everything else, don't we? Seem to manage it for the Notting Hill Carnival. Harlow's like Stevenage. Just a little posher. Like Jeremy Kyle. Harlow. Uh, Ron wants to know the washing machines that Jim was selling. Were they indiscret or indiscreet? I think possibly indiscreet. 
That would be the one there, wouldn't it? Ian Hyland talking television today and talking about uh, the BBC sitcom Revival. He says, Goodnight Sweetheart was way funnier than I remember it being and definitely deserves a full series on Friday nights. So there you go, and I think you probably will be getting your wish on that one. Coming up very shortly, it's the news at six o'clock. It's LBC, it's Early Breakfast with Steve Allen. It's nice to have you company. Hope you're fine this morning. The papers are dominated by the story that started off as a, as a sort of a big story for the Mirror yesterday. Now every single paper has picked up on it. That's the East European Rent Boy scandal with Keith Vaz, who's fighting to save his career. It's just straightforward answers, but he's not broken any law, as far as I can see. The fact that he's married with two children, the only person he's got to answer to would be the wife. You know, just just buying a rent boy nowadays is uh, is not a crime, as far as I know. The new exhibition to celebrate one of Britain's greatest comedians, Tommy Cooper, is at the V and A. There's going to be Frank Bruno the movie, really. There is, and uh, the skint hero living in a hut. It's Sheddy the Eagle Edwards. He's gone bust after his divorce. Not good news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Four minutes past six. It's Monday. Uh, it's it's good Monday for two reasons. Firstly, parents get rid of the kids today. They're back to school. And it's kind of good news for those people who never like Keith Vaz because he features all over the papers and it's all over a little bit of a bit of a scandal. I think that's what they're calling it in Parliament. A bit of a scandal. Jeremy Corbyn has said it's a private matter, which, of course, it is because he's not broken any laws. He's just made himself look very stupid by pretending to be a washing machine salesman. I mean, I've heard of sort of picking some... I mean, couldn't he have thought of something a bit more imaginative? My name's Jim. No, it's Keith. It's Keith. You're well known. You love the attention. You love the publicity. And yet this time round, you appear not to be wanting it. Why? Because you've been caught out. As they say, it's a bit paddy pants down, isn't it, really? A washing machine salesman. He couldn't really make it up, could you? I did predict yesterday this story would run and run, and I predict that there's loads more to come out yet, because I'm assuming that if these two East European rent boys... Why they've got to be East European, I've got no idea. Perhaps they work cheaper than the British ones. Although, to be honest with you, the British ones must be fairly ancient, mustn't they? A British rent boy doesn't quite sound as exciting as East European. And, uh, and so you sort of read the story and then you think, well, if they were there for however long they were booked for, because that's all I'm assuming it is, uh, and they were filming all the time, they must have loads of film. They must have loads of things and loads of tweets and texts and everything else that went backwards and forwards, some of which you've seen in the paper already yesterday in the mirror. Today they've gone uh, even bigger overboard with it. Uh, everybody else is, is putting it on the front page. The mirror put it on the front page inside. It's all over the place. And so Keith Vaz at the moment is uh, seeking legal advice on it. What legal advice there can be, apart from a newspaper sting, I don't know. And he's blaming the newspapers. Strangely enough, it was very funny. We're reading Diane Abbott. You do sometimes wish poor Diane Abbott would keep quiet. She said, it must be a terrible time for Keith Vaz and his uh, wife and family. Well, yes. But nothing to do with us, is it, really? It's a terrible time for Keith Vaz's family. He's been made to look very silly by Keith Vaz. Oh, sorry, Jim. By Jim. Of course, it'd be funny if there is actually somebody called Jim who's a washing machine salesman out there and they've got it all completely, you know, back to front. But at the moment, it's uh, it's that story. Will he step down from the Common Select Committee? We'll have to wait and find out. He's fairly arrogant, so I suspect he probably won't. Uh, they'll, they'll probably try and bottle it out a bit. And then eventually it will get so bad. And then presumably, at some point, you're going to be having the stories from the two East European rent boys. I mean, that's how it goes. But there are questions to be asked. How were they paid? Did they provide a service? Did he actually have service with them? Or whatever they call it nowadays. Why was it two? 
Why was it two people? I mean, I can't quite understand. I thought it was normally on a one-to-one basis. Two turns it into a bit of a brothel, doesn't it? I believe in legal parlance. I believe if you've got two girls working in a place, that's a brothel. That's illegal. But one-on-one, I think, is OK. So I don't know. He might have broken a law there. We'll have to investigate that one. Uh, secondly, did it ever happen? That's what people want to know. I mean, did you really book two East European rent boys or did they just turn up at your door and big surprise? Da-da! Here we are. And thirdly, does your wife know about this? You know, have you told your wife? Is this something that's been going on for any while? I mean, he might be. He might be bisexual. Who knows? In which case, what's he got to do with us? Does it affect his work? I don't know. Has he taken these people to the House of Commons? I don't know. Why would he take them to his flat and pretend to be somebody else? Has this been going on for a while? I mean, it's a bit of an odd thing to come up with. I'm Jim and I sell washing machines. All these questions will be pondered by the papers and I predict it's going to run for probably the whole of this week and they'll keep at it. They'll be sitting outside. He's got no comment at the moment apart from he feels a bit uh, a bit aggrieved that the newspapers uh, have done this to him. You know, the, the press for exposing him. But then the person who's exposed himself is him. So he's, he's hanging on to power as much as he, he can. Whether or not he's able to, I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's one of those things. Quentin Letts talks about... You know, Camp Keith. He says, always as fishy as an old sardine. He says, I first came across him a quarter of a century ago when he announced his engagement to Maria Fernandez. Uh, this was, let us say, deemed enough a surprise to merit inclusion in a diary column I was then editing. Camp Keith had by then been in the Commons for a few years, having replaced Peter Bruinvels as the MP for Leicester East. Cambridge educated, Vaz had a quick wit and spoke in a fastidiously posh accent. Courtly in his ways, a monstrous flatterer, his voice swooping like uh, like a cut-price Lady Bracknell. He could be disarmingly salty about his fellow Labour MPs. Uh, we diarists found this useful, and he was patronising about his constituents. So uh, it's interesting. They say here, sinister is not quite the word for Vaz. If he stood downwind of him, you were more likely to catch a whiff of aftershave and some soapy unisex... He used this absurd image as a disguise for something we now see all too plainly that was rather less fragrant. He sashayed around Westminster with Bollywood stars. Shilpa Shetty was one. Nobody, not least the delightful Shilpa herself, seemed entirely sure why she was there. But Vaz stuck to her side as though fixed by glue. Well, he obviously sort of moves around. He also... It was him who turned Parliament into a circus when he got that idiot Russell Brown to give evidence to an anti-drugs inquiry. He deployed heavy sarcasm and insincere politeness. They don't like him, do they? Do you get the impression that nobody likes Keith Vaz at all? But uh, here he is pictured uh, with one of the escorts at this £400,000 flat in North London. I mean, it's slightly odd, isn't it? But it's it's Diane Abbott. You know, she feels sorry for the uh, the family and all the rest of it. And you think... But it was his making. He booked two rent boys, I'm assuming, unless, as I say, they just turned up on the on the front doorstep, which in this case was even more bizarre. But it's going to run and run today. Nick Ferrari will be looking at this after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. And I don't know what people are going to make of it. I really don't know what people are going to make of it. A lot of people telling me about their uh, their electric bikes. And uh, it's always I'm still undecided, still a little bit undecided on whether or not to buy a bike. Because by the time I've actually decided to do it, the weather will have turned again. It'll be a disaster. And uh, Catherine says, what Keith Vaz does in private is of interest if he sold himself to the electorate that he's a family man. Well, you can be a family man and be bisexual. I'm assuming that we're all adult enough in this day and age. Let's face it, we talk about, you know, he might be transgender. I don't know. 
I never asked people that. I'm not particularly bothered about it. But uh, And if he's making policy to do with areas where he has a, an interest, double standards, and he's shamed his wife. Well, the trouble is, I mean, he, uh, he might, she might know about this. I mean, I don't know. I've really got no idea. I mean, I'm, I'm always as fascinated as the next person into what people know and what people don't know. We've seen people before going, oh, I didn't know anything about it. A little bit further down the line. Um, yes, we've known about this, but we just didn't feel it was necessary to talk to people about it. And that's that's OK. As I've pointed out before, he's broken no laws at all. Mind you, slightly economical with the truth, they are over at Strictly Come Dancing. Because this is a dancing competition for celebrities who are down on their luck. It's a dancing competition for those people. Oh, by the way, it's been won. It's Anastasia. In case you missed my programme yesterday, the reason Anastasia is going to win is because she's donated all her fee to charity, to breast cancer charities, because she had breast cancer and uh, she wants to make sure that they get a little bit of a boost. Now, I don't know what her fee is. It might be £20,000. I mean, it's the BBC. It'll be small checks, so they're not paid as much as, as other people. But uh, loads of disclosures so far. Singer, West End star and actor Will Young has been at pains to point out, that although he's done a little bit of dance professionally in the last, uh, in the past years, he's never actually done Latin or ballroom. So, in other words, slightly economical. He did 11 years of ballet, by the way. Meanwhile, Hollyoaks actor Danny Mack advised us to dismiss stories about him doing dance at drama school because it was ages ago when he was 18. He's 28 now. Uh, Louise Redknapp, very keen to explain that her all-singing, all-dancing days in Girl Band Eternal were a long, long time ago. And, of course, she's doing it now for the children. And even Melvin O'Doom wished to clarify his experience as a dance teacher was limited to street dance. It's lies, lies, and then third-rate celebrities. The most surprising revelation, though, came from former politician turned unreluctant fame chaser Ed Balls, a buffoon of the First Order, who wanted us to know that his previous was restricted to twirling around at a boozy Labour Party conference, Disco, where I'm told the required levels of timing and agility are usually determined by whether John Prescott and Keith Vaz are also on the floor. And so Ian Highland talks about the future cha-cha-cha, looking very bright indeed. But all economical with the truth. You know, everybody from Louise Redknapp and Melvin O'Doom and to, uh, to Danny Mack and also to Will Young, they've all had dance experience. So not quite the people who are as innocent as we thought they were in the first place. Uh, 84850, uh, Somebody says, what is a crime is offering to procure drugs for others. Yeah, but he might have been lying about that. He might have been lying. He said he wouldn't take them. And so you don't know, actually. You don't get a, a jail sentence for saying, oh, by the way, if you get drugs. If he actually gets drugs, well, then fair enough. Just saying you're going to... I might as well say, oh, to the producer, I'm going to get you some, uh, some drugs. <laughs> What's that mean? It just means somebody's being a little bit... Uh, a little bit sort of economical and trying to boost themselves up. So highly unlikely that he, you know, I can't see he's going to be questioned by the police on anything on this one. There might be a vague, a vague intent to supply, but I mean, he hasn't said that. What he said is, yeah, I can, we'll, we'll, we'll probably get some. He was talking about poppers as well. I don't think poppers are illegal. They're, they're legal. Because somebody came on and was sort of saying, oh, the police would have banged down my dot. Why? It's not illegal. Rent boys, as far as I know, are not illegal. If two are working in a house, it becomes a brothel, so that, that could be seen as something. But no, the rest of it is, uh, it's just nothing. June reckons that he's got to resign immediately of bringing Parliament into disrepute. I don't think he's brought Parliament to disrepute. I think he's, he's embarrassed his wife. That's what he's done. She's going to have to go down the shops later on today, and people are going to be pointing and going, your husband picks up rent boys? That's what people are going to be saying. There's going to be all sorts of jokes about it, but is he arrogant enough to bluff it through? 
I'm sure we shall find out as the day, the hours and the months go on. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Of course, now people are asking the question, did Keith Vaz, sorry, Jim, get a receipt for the uh, for the services of the two rent boys? And somebody's pointed out, do they pay income tax on their earnings? For a man who scrutinises others, would he welcome the same level of intrusion he puts others under? I don't think so, says Chris in Lancashire. I mean, I, I don't know how it works. I don't, I don't know if... You're asking the wrong person here. I don't know if, if prostitutes issue receipts. I know in Vegas, I know in Vegas, they, uh, they have little... Um, card machines that they take with them into hotels like little you know for, so you can process a credit card because they don't they want to walk about with cash so they do it all on the thing and you put put your card into their machine they type in the amount of money it is and then you get the receipt that way whether or not they do it like that here i've got no idea i'm assuming all these are things which will which will emerge because if they've got covert filming and they've got these things i think there's got to be other things there's got to be other things that are coming at but but as he was Claiming to be Jim, a washing machine salesman, how can you give a receipt to somebody who technically doesn't exist? That would be the argument, wouldn't it? But as we keep pointing out, he's not done anything wrong. The only thing he's done is possibly been a bit silly and uh, and embarrassed the wife. But there again, the wife might know. They might interview the wife or doorstepper and say, did you know that your husband, uh, you know, uh, was meeting rent boys? Sounds a bit worse, doesn't it, when you call them East European escorts. It sounds slightly marginally better than calling somebody a rent boy. But uh, I don't know if they pay income tax. I get annoyed every time I see somebody pushing one of these pedal cycles in London because I know damn well that they're thieves and they don't pay any tax at all. And so I want to know why that's not been clamped down on. Why has the Inland Revenue not been round there? I can point out to the garage just round the corner from here where they all put their things. Why don't you go round there and impound the whole lot of them and then say, right, let's take your names and let's see whether you're on the system. Because you bet your bottom dollar they're not. It's absolutely scandalous. It really is. I don't know how we allow people to get away with it. Uh, a lot of people... Um, Keith Vaz, says Chris, could always say it was for research purposes. Oh, I pointed that out earlier on. I pointed out that he might have had them round there to discuss various aspects of their work. I don't know. I don't know what sort of footage the Mirror have actually got. But you're right, he might have been doing it to say, well, listen, how does this work? Because he wants to... He's always said that he doesn't think that uh, people who pay for sex with people should be prosecuted. And I wasn't aware that they were. You are if you go out on the streets. If somebody approaches you on the street, that's called soliciting. And if there's more than two people working in a house, that's a, that's a brothel. That can always be closed down. I know that because a friend of mine had one open up in his street and it was two East European girls. But um, I, I wonder really whether or not they're putting these through... I don't know how he's paying... Cash, we think, he was paying. We think he was paying cash for it because he would be being... Gi- they must have wondered how Jim, who sells washing machines, can afford to live in Westminster. They must have... I mean, I'd be questioning that, wouldn't I? You've done very well for yourself. Yeah, I've got a £2 million house just a bit further down the road. That's, that's where my wife lives with my children. That's the embarrassing thing. That's the only thing that's embarrassing about it, the fact that the uh, the wife has got to go, why have you done this to me? I'm quite sure they'll be having words. Do you not think? I think there will be words, actually. Uh, there is a lovely house for sale. I found a little house for you. In case you've got a little bit of money lying around, maybe sort of, you know, some elderly aunt has died, leaving you a diamond mine in South Africa. Uh, or you found something, you know, you've got a peat bog at the end of the garden, which, of course, is highly likely. Uh, then I've got a lovely little house in Kensington and Chelsea. Uh, now, it's not big. I don't want you to think it's big. In fact, it's positively minuscule. This one is only seven foot three inches wide. and But it's been designed by somebody who designs canal boats. So that they've made the full use of the space. So it's got a, they've dug down into the basement. So you've got a basement down there. And a, but it's only seven foot three inches wide. This studio 
is wider than seven foot three inches, I would think. So in other words, how much could you get in here? Answer, not a lot. But the good news is that it's not as expensive as some of the other properties in the street. So if you were thinking of maybe as a little treat for, for moi, uh, for Christmas, something to buy me, it's 1.25 million. Don't, 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 don't get too excited about it. Uh, and it's up for sale now. 1.25 million does get you a seven foot three inch wide house with a basement dugout. So it's got a little tiny dolly kitchen kind of thing. And uh, that's small, isn't it? That is small. I do love going around the country. I watch all these house programmes on the television, in between the cookery programme, and I love watching the hairy bikers. They did Russia a short while ago, and I was watching them cooking the food. The good thing is, we used to have... It was the two fat ladies, do you remember? And then one of them died, and then the other one died, and they were... I mean, I thought they were on their last legs anyway, but they were very funny, and I interviewed them. I interviewed them. And, uh, well, one of them I interviewed. I think the other one had passed on by that time. And then we get the hairy bikers. And when the hairy bikers started, I thought, oh, they're just sort of jumping on the bandwagon because the two fat ladies were on a motorbike and sidecar. Now you've got the hairy bikers. And, you know, within a short space of time, I was kind of buying into it. I quite like the idea because they're just, they're just ordinary. They just go out. And, they're just two blokes. They're just blokey bloke blokes, and, and I quite like that, actually. I like the idea. But their, their new cookbook is really good. We're going to be talking about it for in conversation today. Uh, John the cabbie from South London. I can't ask that question, John. I can't ask it, because I don't know. And, and I don't want to sort of... I, can I... No, I can't, I can't ask that one. Yeah, I, I don't think he did. You're all now going, what did he ask? What did he ask? I can't tell you. It's always one of those things, isn't it? I don't think he did. Because, what well, he can't have done. He can't have done. Because... OK. There's a, a grieving daughter here. I mean, this, this takes some, some doing. Uh, she was praised for her humanity by a judge. Why? She pleaded for mercy for the driver who killed her father. This is uh, Andris... Kalnins, who failed to stop at a giveaway sign and knocked her grandfather off his motorcycle. He's a Latvian dad of two. He admitted he'd never read the highway code. Makes you wonder how many others there are out there. I see people every day jumping red traffic lights. Cars. Cars. I wouldn't know if they were driven by Latvians, Polish, Romanians. I've got no idea at all. I'm just telling you now that the most people clogging up the courts are Latvians and Romanians at the moment. That's the only thing I could tell you. Around our way, the court when I was there, 14 courts, 13 of them, Romanians. Liverpool Crown Court heard that as Mr Mills lay dying, Kalnins tried to hide a barrel of illegal red diesel. I don't think he's the sort of person we want in this country. I don't want to be rude about them, but for goodness sake, we don't want people like that here, do we? Why can't we sort of work this out and try and get some sort of system going? Uh, exercise for the over 50s keeps the brain in shape. I don't know what sort of exercise it is. I don't know whether or not walking up and down stairs counts. I've tried to do that. I can't do it. But I did something different the other day. I bought these uh, very light, comfortable oh, sorry, shoes, which are very comfy and you can pop them in a washing machine. These are, the, these are what's laughingly called by my godchildren, the producer, my old man shoes. Because they're very comfy. And I've got to that stage where I need a bit of comfort. You know, for goodness sake, I don't ask for a lot in life. And so I bought, I've got about four pairs of them, uh, these old man shoes. But I've noticed, I explained the other week, that the back of my left-hand leg gets really sore. I mean, really sore when I'm walking. And I thought, oh dear, I wonder what that is. Anyway, yesterday I decided to change. And I put on a normal pair of what I call boat shoes or deck shoes, I think. And it was fine. 
and of any pain at all. So I'm now kind of, I'm going to have to sort of do a little bit more experimentation on this just to find out whether or not it's the shoes which give me the pain in the back of my leg. In between doing that, I've then got to go and get the duvet, and then come back, and then I've got fitted sheets, so it goes on. Just a nightmare, isn't it? Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk, and uh, another one here. And uh, somebody says, uh, oh, somebody's written to, to Darren to say that Keith Vaz is married. Yes, we know he's married. That's well, well, Doc, he's got two children as well. But we don't know anything else. I don't know what the arrangement is. I have known over the years of certain celebrities who have, let's just call them arrangements with people to, uh, to take away from the fact that they're, uh, they're interested in other things. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming if he's got two children and, and, th- and this sort of thing happens, perhaps he's one of those people. I have heard of them before. I think they're called bisexuals. I think that's what it is, actually. Or as I prefer to call it, greedy. Who was it who said the other day they didn't believe? Somebody said, there was somebody prominent who said, um, who said that they didn't believe that anybody was bisexual. And it was somebody quite well-known, actually, and I can't remember who it was. They, they said they didn't, they didn't believe in somebody being bisexual. And I, I couldn't remember who it was. I said, well, look, there must be people who are bisexual, because otherwise you wouldn't have these sort of stories that make the papers. But there was somebody famous who said bisexuals don't exist. They must be gay to want to do that. And I said, well, they've got to be bisexual. You know, if, if somebody's married and they've got children then I would think, actually, that would mean they're bisexual if they're sort of after East European rent boys. But as I say, the, the big question is, it's not that. The big question is, because it's not illegal what he's done, is where they came from. I want to know the background to this story. I'm, I'm inquisitive, the same as you are as well. I want to know whether or not he's, he's got a number, whether or not there was a, an agency involved, in which case you've got to pay a, a fee to the agency, whether or not it was they were recommended to him by somebody. I don't know. Was he set up? We don't know. We don't know. We really don't know. I, I get very confused by the uh, by the whole thing. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to seven. The, uh, the Daily Mail this morning have also thrown something else into the melting pot to say that the flat which Keith Vaz was using, sparsely decorated, uh, 387000 he paid cash for. He must be a really well-paid MP to afford that. I mean, who has that sort of money? Apparently, according to his lawyer, uh, it was a loan to him. Sort of traditional loan. Blimey, nice to better get things like that. Uh, MPs get 70000 a year. And then you can get more if you employ your wife as your secretary and stuff like that. We had that we've had that before with sort of different, uh, different MPs. And um, a lot of people talking about it. Uh, but he's he's going to be the butt... Of loads of jokes, I suspect, over the uh, over the next few uh, weeks and days and everything else. Uh, everybody back to normal today. Oh, the bisexual comment was made by Biggins, says Chris. Biggins, that's right. I knew somebody. I couldn't remember who it was. I said it was somebody famous, but I couldn't remember. Yes, Biggins made it, didn't he? He didn't believe that there were people who were bisexual. It was an odd thing, wasn't it? That was, it's come up with a couple of odd things recently. Very odd things. And... Um, Yes, lots of jokes already coming out from uh, from Blue Lion. Thank you so much indeed. I must just tell you this story because I heard this on LBC on Saturday morning. And it's one that Andrew Pearce highlighted. And it's the fact that you ladies and girls, dare I venture to call some of you girls, because I know lots of old ladies and we call them girls as well, uh, you get charged more at the till for an item that we get cheaper as men. For example, 
Men's triple blade razor set, five replacement cartridges at Morrison's, £2. For a lady, triple blade razor set with two replacement cartridges, £3.13. Tesco, revive body spray, 70p. For women, pink body spray, 70p. What's the difference? The women's one is half the size of the men's. It's 75 millilitres. Asda's straight fit dark wash jeans. For men, £6. Ladies, straight leg jeans, £12. Black Panama suit trousers in Sainsbury's for men, £10. Ladies, black slim fit boot cut trousers, £12. I think you ladies are being taken for a ride. I think they're taking the mickey. I mean, for a start, you're going to be buying your blades elsewhere. Why not just go and... I mean, am I being incredibly naive? I did point out the other day, ladies, that the best way... Because children are growing at such a rate now, and children are much bigger, it is actually economical for you to buy children's clothes. And you will discover that for many of you, they will fit. They will fit. There was a lady the other day. She'd saved about £146 on buying a couple of outfits, which the papers highlighted. And that's because she bought... Children's clothes, because children can grow to six feet now. So why would you want to... And there's no VAT. There's no VAT. J. Louise Knight does not agree with this. I mean, she is... She possibly could actually fit into children's clothes. I think she... I mean, maybe not trousers. Yes, she could. Of course she could. Definitely. I've seen schoolgirls who are her size. Seriously, she's, she's a thin little thing. Not as thin as me, but I mean thin anyway. But I mean, why would you want to... What's the difference between a triple-blade razor set for a woman and a triple-blade razor set for a man? It's a razor blade. It's exactly the same. You can... Just because one's pink and one's black. I mean, surely, ladies, you're not going to waste money at Morrison's, are you? Paying an extra pound thirteen at the till. I mean, why would you want to do that? I'm saving you money. I'm being that good person who's going, listen, go to Morrison's, take it to the till and go, make that pink plastic black. Why would you have to be pink? Who's doing the stereotypical stuff now? Pink for girls, blue for boys. I've never seen a blue razor. Anybody got a blue razor? No, they're all black. They're all black for men. So, white ladies, why don't you use, I mean, you know, just use the same razor. Stick your own cartridge in and there you go. Ridiculous waste of money. And as for that pink body spray as opposed to revive body spray, you know, 70p for each of them, but the women's is half the size because that's what you women want. It's called ripping you off, ladies and gentlemen. It's not good enough. It really isn't. Um, I was trying to come up with a, with a birthday today and you're going to like this one. This is Johnny Briggs. We all remember Johnny Briggs from Coronation Street. He was Mike Baldwin for 30 years. His fighting over Deirdre... With uh, with Bill Roach went on and on and on. Um, his uh, his fight extended off screen when Johnny Briggs says that uh, Roach said he'd slept with a thousand women, and then Briggs says, "I don't know how many I've bedded, but it's probably more than him." How old do you think he is today? Come on, put your hands up and have a guess. Roll a bowl, a ball, a penny, a pinch. Eighty-one. He's eighty-one years old today. It does not seem possibly possibly. Phil Vickery who's back within the fold. He's been away filming and it's very busy and everything else. He says, read the kids' clothes. He says, my wife can't wear Minnie Mouse T-shirts on uh, on television. And uh, there's probably, wait a minute, there's probably a good reason for this, actually. I'll just find out what it is in one second once I've found the thing. Uh, can't wear Minnie Mouse shirts on telly. 
The trouble is, but girls are getting bigger now, aren't they? I mean, children at school, traditionally, we're always being told that, you know, it's because we're eating too much and we're doing this and so we're putting on weight. I mean, I was a skinny little thing at school. Difficult to believe, I know, when you look at me now, but I promise you, we were all skinny. Nowadays, I see far more obese children, far more obese children. But uh, I quite like the idea of Fern wearing a Minnie Mouse shirt. I mean, come on, Phil, even you and I could go for that one. I was t- tempted to say something else, but I just can't say it to get myself into trouble. <laughs> Sometimes I think, oh, I'll just say that. And I think, oh, no, don't say that, Stephen, for goodness sake. Yeah, so anyway, Johnny Briggs, happy birthday. Oh, and also Raquel Welsh. Her birthday today. I remember the most dreadful interview that I ever saw Wogan doing on television. He used to have lots of big celebrities on. And the problem he had with the Americans was that they didn't understand about the plug system. And it happened to Wogan on a few occasions. One was with Betty Davis and the other was with Rackle Welsh. And the thing on the BBC is they like to see themselves as they don't plug things, which, of course, is a blatant lie because we see product placement all over the BBC. And so halfway through the interview with the delightful legend that was Betty Davis, she's sitting there. She had a little pillbox hat on and you can find the interview on YouTube. But her wigs were sewn into the hat. The hat was sewn to the hair so that they would take the wig out of the box and put it... And all of a sudden she had the hair. And she was sitting there, and she was fairly old by this time. A little bit like that. She came out, and he helped her out there, and they sort of start doing this interview. Uh, where quite clearly Wogan was doing what I call a bluff interview. We've all done bluff interviews where you haven't had a chance to read the book, but you can manage to get at least ten minutes out of an interview. And halfway through this this interview, which Wogan was ploughing on with, and Betty Davis, she picked up the book and said, where are we going to mention my book? which, of course, was verboten on the BBC. They went, play. make her put the book down, make her put the book down, put the book down. And so he was trying to wrestle the book out of her hand and all the rest of it. And uh, But she didn't know. She was just so assumed, because in America, they hold up the book on screen. You can see them all doing it. And here is Betty Davis's book. And when Rackle Welsh came on, she came on, she was all hair. Very average actress. And uh, very, very average. And so she had a book and she said, are we going to mention my book? Well, of course, it's, there's no out to it. If you're the presenter of a programme like that, what do you do? And you just go, well, there is the, the book out. Yes, here it is. And she held it up to the camera. You could see the look of horror on his face and people throwing themselves onto the rat traps in the control room to try and stop these people. I, on, on In Conversation, I, I don't stop them. We just cut it out, <laughs> which is, it's simple because In Conversation is, uh, is, not, is not live. And so if somebody says something that we think has gone maybe a little bit too far about promoting, then we just we just edit it out because we do we do explain to people, listen, don't don't plug something. Steve will will mention the fact you've got a book out. It's a courtesy. If somebody's got a film out and we, like Daniel Radcliffe, I'll be saying Daniel Radcliffe has got a film out and it's called this blah, blah, blah. Like like we did with Killian Murphy. He's got a film out. We talk about the film. That's a courtesy. If somebody's got a book, I will then say, uh, almost at the end of the programme, I'll mention it through, because I come in and out of breaks, and I'll say, and Steve Allen's book is called So You Want to Be a Really Famous and Much-Loved Radio Presenter, and it's available now. And it's a... Oh, sorry, did I mention that's the title of the new book? No, I didn't, actually. Apparently, Gillette are all blue, says Richard. Are they? Oh, right. Yeah, but, but why can't women use blue? Why can't women use blue razors? Why do they have to be pink? I think women need to retaliate. I think women definitely need to retaliate and to, and to make sure that we don't have to, uh, to do these things. We don't have to have pink. You don't have to have pink anymore. Just, and they look cheap pink. 
But to me, anything that's pink looks like old National Health Spectacles, which were horrible and pink. And then if they broke, you'd have to put a piece of elastoplast on the side, which was ghastly. And uh, somebody said, if true, Keith Vaz's uh, will affect his wife and family. But I don't know. I'm, seriously, I don't believe you can be married to somebody for any length of time and not know enough about them. Seriously, you would just know, wouldn't you? I mean, surely people are, you know, it's like parents, you know, sort of kids going, I don't think my parents know that I'm gay. And I go, of course they know you're gay. They're your parents. Of course they know. It's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, Fion, it's one of those things. If that's what he chooses to do, you know, to take him back to a flat, which is sparsely decorated. It must have looked ghastly, I should imagine. And um, Chris in southwest London said... How much do you think Keith, Keith Vaz's hourly rate for fixing washing machines is? Is we all can't get over the fact and um, that he decided to be called Jim a washing machine sale. Out of all the things to be, you know, I could have understood if he said oh, I'm a motorcycle courier, but a washing machine salesman. Do you think he's got two lives? Do you think he's got things around the flat with his name as Jim? To Jim, happy birthday. Love, Ben, or yeah, whoever, Pavel. Or something like that. I mean, I don't know. I'm just sort of guessing. I'm assuming the whole thing's going to turn into some giant joke. Uh, Ronnie in Greenford and uh, loads of other people. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, and uh, Jonah in Birmingham says, uh, good morning, Steve. Welcome back. Thank you. It's nice. Sent to the wrong person, but it doesn't really matter, actually. Uh, 84850. Uh, people keep saying that he hasn't broken the law, says Adam. But he hasn't. He hasn't broken the law. As far as we know, he hasn't broken... As far as I know, the police are not remotely interested in this one. They're not remotely interested. They're not. You know, the fact that he he might have offered to sort of get some Class A drug, he hasn't. But, of course, it's it's just something... It was a private conversation. I might sort of say to the producer, tomorrow I'm going to bring you in a crispy bacon sandwich. And I've suddenly realised he's not here, so he won't know whether it's arrived or not, will he? Uh, it's any wonder, Steve, that the nation loves Strictly. It's an escape from all the uh, the seamy sleaze which is going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem, doesn't it? We do love it when, it, when it's Parliament. We absolutely love it when it's Parliament because we suddenly realise that all these uh, people are exactly the same as the rest of us. They're exactly the same as... Although I have to be honest, I'll be brutally honest with you, I don't think I've ever paid for two East European rent boys. I don't think we have things like that in Twickenham. Yes. And have I bought a house with cash? No, I haven't. No. But then I'm again, I'm not an MP either. <laughs> You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Just thought, actually, a thought just crossed my mind as Eamon Holmes put his glasses on. You know, because I think glasses make you look terribly serious. But I thought when he leaves Sky, which he's leaving to pursue other things, he's going to make documentaries on what? I can't imagine. But he's going to make documentaries. And uh, he'll probably sort of end up... Um, sort of languishing in that bide-a-wee home for former Sky presenters, of which there seem to be quite a cast list at the moment. But I was wondering, whoever takes over from him, they're going to be changing who the contributors are. You know, I reckon... Because, I mean, anybody would do exactly the same thing. Anybody would do exactly the same thing. If you were taking over a radio programme, for example, and uh, it was going to be this one, try it and I'll kill you, uh, <laughs> you know, then you would come in and you'd say, oh, I'd like to do that, I'd like to do this, and I'd say, OK, yeah, that's fine. And so you would change it. So when he goes, presumably, all the people they have as contributors on that programme, he's had to approve. Because he doesn't want to work with anybody he doesn't like. That would be pointless. That would be a... So you're not going to find me up there anytime soon. So... But I reckon the next person who takes over from him... And I don't know who it's going to be. I've, I'm, I've heard a few rumours on things. I think they will then decide who they want. And they go, I don't want that person ever again. 
You know, we don't want that person. And they'll, they'll have to change them. That's what I think. He's either wearing an awful lot of makeup recently or they've had him dipped in creosote. I can't quite work out what it is, but anyway. Uh, Pete in Barking says, I'm ever so sorry, I've got to turn you off, Steve. I'm finding it physically impossible to get up for work whilst listening to your programme. Well, it will be late. Come on. It's an excuse. I'm terribly sorry. I was listening to the engrossing Steve Allen, and I and that's why I'm late. I'm ever so sorry. Or failing that telefib and go, the bus broke down and we, we got stuck in traffic. We did that the other day. We got stuck in traffic twice. And somebody was saying, where are you? We go, we're stuck in traffic. I said, don't believe you. I said, no, it's true. Seriously, I promise you. Uh, good to see you on after 6.30, Steve, uh, says Trevor in uh, Dagenham. Richard on the Wirral, I haven't yet. I'm, I seriously haven't had five minutes. I seriously haven't had five minutes to, um, to record the book yet. Because this week I've got so many things to do. Last week was a horrendously busy week for me. This week's busy and it means I don't get home till sort of one one thirty, And by that time I'm just about ready to drop. By the time I've had my sausages and my onion gravy. So you'll have to bear... It will happen, I promise you. Uh, Steve, uh, Keith Vaz's choice helps explain Biggin's recent comments. But uh, it's hurting loved ones. Well, it's it's certainly going to hurt the wife. She's had to read this in a paper. I don't know how old his children are. I'm really not sure. So you know, people and also, but it's not just wife and children, is it? It's family and friends. It's family and friends who read this. And no matter who you are, and it doesn't matter how thick skinned you are, and going oh, this and that. It's other people are going to be looking at. You imagine people in the family are going to be sort of you know looking at me, going, oh right. <laughs> It's, you know, apparently Kumar says his wife is a well-known immigration solicitor. I really don't know anything about the wife at all. I really don't. Steve, not only, says Susie, do they give us pink razors, they make the handle bigger so we delicate ladies don't have trouble holding them. How patronising. Well, I think you should all really, really put your hand in your pocket and go somewhere else. Seriously, I absolutely believe that. You shouldn't be ripped off, ladies. It's not right. Not right at all. This is the fact that there's... um, uh, there's a difference in price between the ladies' razors. In fact, ladies suffer all the time. Because you're a lady, you pay over the odds. You pay over the odds. I did watch the other day, though, and it was a, it was a brief watch because it was another QVC selling thing. And it was skin cream. Honestly, you would believe everything was the miracle for you ladies. I realise how much money you spend on cosmetics over the years. And, of course, but it's the preparation, isn't it? So once you've cleansed your face, you're not going to have those little balls anymore. They're going to be going out the window. They're going to be stopping... What they're going to put in the... They must be working on that very quickly because it's going to be uh, illegal. It's going to be illegal. Uh, another one here. 84850, steve at uk. And uh, somebody was talking about... Uh, oh, yes, it is permanent, by the way. It is permanent. Well, I mean, it's permanent as I can be at my age. Yes, till, till seven o'clock every morning. So is there nothing wrong with hiring male bodyguards, says Pete? Uh, well, I mean, I just I just don't know why he would do something like this. But anyway, we, we don't know, do we? We'll have to wait and see. And eventually we will find out. Uh, trying to, oh, the new um, uh, iPhone is out. Isn't it today? Is the iPhone out today or is it out tomorrow? I know that there's a new iPhone. Uh, and this one, do you know what they've done? Somebody told me this the other day. I hope I'm not talking out of turn. They've done away with the headphone socket because I'm told on the new one, the new iPhone, if you buy it about £700, the headphone socket will go into where you charge it up. That's what's going to be the headphone socket. And I'm also led to believe that the headphones are going to be wireless. So no cables, no cables. Wednesday evening is the launch. But I'm telling you now, they're doing away with the headphone socket on the Apple iPhone. It will go into the charger socket, so um, and your headphones will be redundant anyway because they're going to make them 
uh, wireless. So that sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Will I be upgrading? Oh, I don't know. I've had this one for a little while now. And uh, I'm quite happy with it. I always think as long as it works, and it's, it only makes a phone call, and at the moment I'm running fairly inexpensively on it. I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much money on a phone, and also because it's a horrendously expensive month. I don't think we'll be doing that at all. Who'd want 12 bridesmaids? You ladies have decided big weddings are the way forward. Tasteful. Tasteful weddings. We don't want tacky weddings. That's left for other people. But uh, there's people here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten... Oh, no, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We said you've got 11. Apparently 12 is quite the norm nowadays. Seems ridiculous, doesn't it? 12 dresses, all identical. But uh, people like dressing up. Let's go, be- let's go old-fashioned. Let's go really old-fashioned and make sure that, you know, we have big weddings back in again and lots of frou-frou and lots of flowers and lots of confetti, which really annoys vicars. Vicars hate confetti. The reason they hate it is because, probably following on from you, uh, it'll be a funeral. And apparently, funerals get very upset if there's confetti there. Can't imagine why. Why doesn't the, why doesn't the, uh, the vicar invest in a vacuum cleaner? Get a Dyson, it, pfft, hoover it all up, and then everybody's fine. Uh, Steve says, Sue Ann, I use my ex-husband's Gillette razor from 1970. I just changed the blades. Seems fairly... I don't want to see you ladies ripped off, seriously. I know Jay Louise said about the ladies' clothes, but a lot, of, a lot of ladies do put on children's clothes. It makes it sound like they're really tiny things, like Phil Vickery was saying, you know, with Mickey Mouse on the front. But what's the matter with Mickey Mouse on the front of a T-shirt? Not sure, actually, though, Phil, that, uh, that Fern could do that. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Joyce says, after two weeks off, I've been leisurely enjoying the show this morning, waiting for my cue to get dressed, which would be 6.30. Now I'm late. When did the change happen? About a week ago. I think about a week ago, so I'm terribly sorry, actually. The price of men's and women's toiletries, Steve, are the same in Poundland. Well, how, how much would they be? Sorry, only joking. It's an old gag, isn't it? That dreadful Poundland gag. I'm so sorry. I, I promise never to use it on the programme. But then sometimes you have to sort of help other, other programmes out who are stuck for things to talk about. So let's quickly run through the front pages of the papers. Well, big surprise, Keith Vaz. One paper yesterday started it. It's turned into a river. In fact, it's turned into a very fast-running river. Call for a police inquiry into the Home Affairs Chairman behaviour demands for his resignation after he pays male prostitutes in his £388,000 flat. Presumably, as they've got covert filming, they've also got just about everything else done. And uh, they must have more to come out. I'm, I'm just assuming that they, they've not just run with this little bit. Phil Vickery says it's the Pluto shorts now. Now, actually, I'm not at all surprised that Fern would be wearing Pluto shorts. Seriously. I wish I was brave enough. I've got a lovely shirt at home. It's a Tommy Bahama shirt, and it's, it's bright sunflowers. And I haven't been brave enough to wear it yet, because it's just so in your face. My other Tommy Bahama shirts are, are really quite nice. But this one is... I don't know why I bought it, actually. I looked at it. I got it out this morning, and I held it up against me. I thought, God, I look like Bob Geldof. And uh, silicon chip in... Oh, sorry. Uh, also, front page of the uh, the Daily Mail today, Poldark star and a kiss to break Demelza's heart. As I'm not watching Poldark, it means nothing to me. I'm ever so sorry. Superbug found in a quarter of chickens... Uh, and, oh, look, Keith Vaz again. Keith Vaz with his wife, Maria. They have two children, and they're both smiling. I bet she's not now. I bet she's sitting there. If her parents are still alive, you brought shame on our family, you've done this and all the rest, you can just imagine. Strictly winner decided already. Uh, this is uh, a claim by an ex-dancer called uh, James Jordan, or whatever his name is, John Jordan, whoever he is, and everybody's forgotten about him. 
James Jordan. They actually dropped him, and of course he still drones on about it to anybody who'll listen, which mainly is the Daily Star. The Daily Express, it's Poldark again, strangely enough, and a picture, but as I don't know anything about Poldark, and I don't think it's aimed for me. Theresa May, pouring scorn on Brexit doom-mongers, as figures confirm that confidence in the economy is strengthening following the vote to quit the EU. Oh, look, Keith Vaz again. It is going to be the running gag on everybody's programme. Rent Boy scandal. Labour MP fights to save his career. Uh, the Sun, job risk to doctors in the strike. And, uh, oh, Keith has again. I'm so sorry. I didn't realise it went on that long. Let's just call him Jim the Washing Machine Salesman, shall we? And he features on every paper. Bless you for your company this morning. Thank you very much indeed. We shall be uh, doing it again tomorrow. I'll just tell you very quickly, actually, that uh, the front of The Guardian... Oh, Keith Vaz again. To leave committee role after sex claims. Although some of the papers say he hasn't left yet. So they, they can't seem to make up their mind on that. Have a quick look here on the front of the... Oh, good Lord. Only Hinkley Point on the front of the FT. Keith Vaz... Oh, sorry, Keith. You never made that one. Uh, the Times. Um, oh, Keith Vaz again. Uh, NHS blows two billion in payoff to bosses and the burning of the 17th century skyline of London. Front page of the uh, the Eye. Good Lord, it's Keith Vaz again. And uh, and the Daily Telegraph. Oh, look, it's uh, it's Obama and it's Keith Vaz again. I'm so sorry to ruin your day. It's going to run and run and run. Thank you for your company this morning. Thank you for your texts and uh, emails. I'm back with you same time tomorrow between four and seven. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show. And don't forget, you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. All you have to do is download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at ten. It's James O'Brien, but right now, he's back. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.